0: Welcome to Prop Talk. Last time I said welcome to PropCast. Or no, Podcasts. I think that's what it was. So I'm going to point out all my mistakes all the you time. You weren't wrong, though. It, it I, I know, a right? It's, theoretically, I was right. So yes, I'm Chris Call, as usual, with Mike Trudell, as usual, yeah. uh, your host today. We are welcoming two special guests, Guillaume Deluche, who is a fellow board member, and Jeffrey Johnson, current Veep of the Guild, and <laughs> uh, been with us from the beginning. Um, Guillaume is having an illustrious career dating back to the mid 90s Uh, I'm going to run down some of your credits again my disclaimer here as always is that I'm getting all this information from IMDB so if it's wrong please tell me
1: I don't know. Uh, Jeff sent his resume. before yeah, this. I, I know. Nobody's he, ever done
0: that before. Yeah, I <laughs> talked to him. He told me. He said, "Yeah, yeah, I know. You sent it to me, but i you know, I got my phone. What am I gonna do? I, I, I can't just print."
2: It was funny. It's like, oh, the IMDb is so inaccurate. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, I okay. know. What are you gonna, well, I know. We'll update your IMDb. Okay. Would you? okay. <laughs> so anyway, let's start with uh, Super Bad, one of my all-time favorite movies. Mm. That was a lot of fun. We gotta talk about that. Um, Balls of Fury, Easy A, uh, Fast Five, uh, Furious Seven. Are they the only two for, uh, furious movies you did? Okay, great. Um, Sleepy Hollow, Jurassic World, Transformers, The Last Night, Bumblebee, Birds of Prey, Ghostbusters Afterlife, too many Reno 91s, ones, ones <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> I have a thing about that show. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, and uh, most recently, Oppenheimer. Although you have two movies in the can. I don't know if we could talk about that. It's fascinating at some point. We'll see if we could do that. <laughs> but, uh, um, this doesn't include the long list of iconic films you assisted on with the contemporary property master legend, Doug Harlocker, mm. which is pretty awesome. Um, Guillaume is also a fully licensed armorer, uh, which we'll get into as well. Jeff Johnson, on the other hand, uh, his it's career... It's
2: not a fully licensed armorer. <laughs> it's, it's not a fully licensed You're
0: armorer. not a fully licensed armorer? Mm-hmm.
2: No, I'm not. <laughs> oh no, you're I, not. No, I, I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like guns. Right. Uh, so Jeffrey Johnson's career also dates back to the mid '90s, and is a nice balance of television and features. Some of his notable credits are Sweet Valley High, Eight <laughs> Simple Rules. I know you're like, what? I <laughs> do not like it? Hey, man, I did. Paid the rent. Gone Baby Gone. Yes. Okay, that was great. Um, pushing daisy, Daisies, um, uh, Enlightened. Great show. Uh, Masters of Sex. That was a lot of fun, I know. Oh, yeah. uh, and then the long running Parenthood, uh, the series. Uh, Chips, uh, The Delightful Love. I want to oh, talk about that. I okay. love that show. That was such a good show. Uh, Legion, uh, Get Shorty, Good Girls, Ghosts, uh, which is recent. And then the, uh, well, not the most recent, but uh, the big one uh, re- recently is uh, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. True. Yes. And uh, but I don't know if I'm let... I could say it, right? You just finished uh, Kevin Costner's Horizon: and American Saga. I did.
2: It's the second of his four movies.
0: Oh, um, there's Keith four. Keith
2: Walters did the first one. Okay. Keith Walters, and then um, you know we finished the second one about a couple of weeks ago.
1: Are they related to each other? Oh, very much so. It's oh a, yeah.
2: It is a four-part movie quadrilogy. Oh, interesting. Quadrilogy. <laughs> Ke- I don't know how you... it's Kevin's. Uh, lifelong passion. It's his. It's his baby. It's his baby. He wrote these scripts, and as far as I understand, in the eighties, and wow. he's been uh, trying to get it into his schedule. And <clears throat> this, you know, coincided with his success and his uh, work on uh, Yellowstone. So, oh, interesting. Yes. Um, so there's been some controversy for about that, but it's uh, yeah. We just finished it a couple of weeks ago in Utah.
0: Yes, and for anybody who didn't know, which is most people. <laughs> I've had to endure a massive dust storm. Oh, I saw videos for of which was insane. Yeah. Who knew that Utah had dust storms?
2: Well, when you're in the middle of private ranches and, you know, huge swaths of land right. to get away from society to avoid power lines and to have, you know, a Western. And when the winds and the rains blow up, it, it was crazy. We had wet downs constantly.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Um so I also want to mention that uh, I, we had Guillaume and Jeff uh, behind Mike once before, um, way early, before Mikey's day, before Mikey's technical expertise was uh, available to us. And uh, to talk about one of the thing. One of I mean, this could end up being a really long podcast because we have so much to cover. But one of the things we want to talk about is both of these guys have done a lot of film work uh intelligent work out of state and out of country. So they originally came in to talk about, you know, what it's like being on the road a lot and uh, all the trials and tribulations of that. Um, but then, uh, you know, the the card got corrupted, so we lost all that <laughs> valuable information. I, I, w- I didn't do that episode. No, it so wasn't you, Mike. be clarified that. That's right. Mike has saved <laughs> save us from all that. So we're going to revisit all that, thankfully. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so, again, we have a lot to talk about. I just want to, you know... Also acknowledge that, but hopefully by time this caps When is this going to air? Do we, we don't even know yet.
1: Um, before our series on out-of-state prop masters.
0: Oh, so not that far down the road. Not too far. Well, no. my, I was still going to say it. I hope the strike will be over by then. Um, probably we're, not, we're, but I hope probably so Probably <laughs> not, but we're dating ourselves. But you know what? For for prop talks purposes, it's great because these two guys, we never get in a chair again probably <laughs> <laughs> after this strike, so... Um, I just wanted to see, uh, you know, how you guys are doing with the strike.
2: It hasn't affected me at all. We well, well, just finished that, a show. I yeah, just it? finished finished rapping a week ago. I went <laughs> went out of town this past weekend to join my son in Santa Cruz and oh nice. help him uh, move into an apartment and get a uh, get a car and things of that nature. So right. my wife has been uh, she's also in this business. Has been affected only a few weeks now because she would have started uh, mm-hmm. in early July. Okay. Uh, to come back on her show, All-American. Hmm. But we've, I know it sounds terrible, and I'm very thankful that it has not truly affected me financially. It's given me the time off I normally would have taken in this past week
1: right? to catch
2: up, do some things, work in the yard, r- you or know, mm-hmm. introduce myself to my wife and my children. So. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How <laughs> about you,
4: Guillaume? Yeah, the <coughs> circumstances are about the same as Jeff. I mean, we, we wrapped a movie about a month ago or so, a few weeks ago um this the time I normally take off is the summer to be with the family and uh, my wife also works in the industry and she would have started her her show her shows a uh, winning time right which would have been uh I think this month hmm. so probably she, September yes. maybe yeah so she hasn't uh yeah so she's been affected by it but I mean in terms of everything else we you know it's so far so good yeah we'll see how uh how far we can all go? Yeah,
0: and this is—I mean, you guys all have that in common. Where your wives uh, mm-hmm. work in the industry as well, which is a double-edged sword, because yeah, it's, it's a, great, but then if the income. industry's down, then Absolutely. there's no income.
2: And my son's starting to get into this industry as well, so now there's three of us at home with no money. Yeah, all <laughs> feverishly trying to. Uh, fill out the unemployment forms. Online. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh-huh. it's locked up. How do we? What, who's my employer? Anybody know who the official employer is? I still don't. Yeah. I know it's so confusing.
0: We're dealing with all of that currently. Amazing. Yeah. Um, well, let's uh, let's jump into a little bio because I know a little bit about you, Jeff. I don't know a lot about Guillaume, so let me start with you, Guillaume. We're we're uh, you're f- uh, you're from France. Correct? Yes,
4: I, I was born in France. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved as a teenager to Florida to go to school where? Uh, uh, Orlando. Where? What school? Uh, <laughs> Valencia Community College Film Program. Oh
1: really? I went to Full Sail so, <laughs> no, we so we were we were, we were only door, a couple right? miles away from That's each right. other. Yeah, nice.
4: yeah. Uh, while I was there and uh, this is early 90s, 1990, 1991 and there was a program for foreign students where you can work part-time or full-time for a certain amount of months so you basically get a a work permit. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, there was a lot of uh, Orlando benefited from some huge tax uh, rebates. Right. Uh, so a lot of big pictures were coming in, a lot of television series were being filmed what, what there. What year was this? Uh, 91 to about 95. Right. Um, so I jumped on with a group that was producing uh, very low budget horror films. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you know Fred and Ray and Jim Minorski. and no, I don't know those guys. are producers behind uh, movies like Biohazard, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, and things like that. <laughs> so, we don't know wait that. A minute. i got to write that down. <laughs> yeah. and, my, and my dear friends. and uh, So I got started uh, working on these pictures. Steve Latshaw is uh, the director of all those. And, and my, to this day, one of my best friends. And so we did these pictures for nothing. Uh, and they were successful. They sold at the film market. And these, they were straight to video. And this is back when the straight to video market was huge. A lot, of, and mostly right. it was horror films. And so I got my start in horror film, which I wanted to do anyway. Uh, and then that led to working uh, on commercials there, which was also very, uh, very busy at the time. Uh, that got me into local uh, 477 mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in '93. I think I joined that local, which then uh, got me as a Prop Guy said dresser construction. So it's a mixed local, so you sure. can do a lot yeah. of things uh, on shows like Sequest and uh, things like that. And uh, I think John Harrington was in town for From the Earth to the Moon. Okay. And I didn't get the job. I ended up working on the construction crew and not mm-hmm. on the prop crew. And uh, so, anyway, that led to uh, meeting Doug Harlocker on The Truman Show. Nice. Which, oh, I love that which, movie uh, so much. <laughs> Which led to uh, me uh, doing The Troven Show. Uh, we started, we filmed most of the film in Florida and then moved to L.A. for all of the interior of, uh, you know, the Christoph control room. And So that right. show that was at Paramount. So that got me to L.A. And then uh, also on that show, I met Robert Greenfield, uh, right. who was Nancy's lead man at the time. And Robert and I became really good friends, and such good friends that, in fact, he gave me my... Uh, as soon as I got to L.A., I... Got a job on a movie. He was decorating his second one, which turned uh, union. So I got into 44 a week into moving to L.A. Was that almost famous? Uh, No, that was was in 99. No, that one was uh, Slums of Beverly Hills. I see. And so I forest got my way throughout this whole thing. <laughs> did, you, did your Florida
1: local have any like help in getting into the local out here or not at all?
4: Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and what, uh, what did you go to school for? What was your major? Uh, film. It was film. Yeah. Nice.
4: And it was a really great program because you, uh, it was literally a film studio. You had uh, film cameras. We, we learned how to load film and shoot on film, learn how to light. Uh, learned all the trade. We built our own sets, so nice. created or stole in some cases our own props. And, um, That's how we do it. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and so we, <laughs> so we would do that. And, and once a year, you'd have a uh, Disney's endowed chair for the arts would come in and direct the project. Mine was Robert Wise, which was really great because it's Robert guy. Wise, yeah. and he's also a wonderful human being. Uh, so we did a, a, sh- a short film with him. I think the second year was George Romero came in. and Nice. This kind of caliber of, of people, um, so that led me to LA, and then uh, once I got into Forty Four, I went right back with Doug on Godzilla mm-hmm. and Wild Wild West and and the Patriot and Men in Black, etc., etc., etc. So, wow. um, so uh, yeah, I was very, very fortunate, very lucky to be at the the right place at the right time, right. every time, pretty much, and that helps <laughs> it helps a lot. Yeah. So,
0: but going back. To to, to your childhood, was were you interested in film as a child?
4: Yeah, um, I, in 1981, I think or '80, I saw the Raiders of the Lost Ark. I uh, Saw it in a big theater in France, and we, it was the first time they had a featurette. Like it was really mm. the first like for to me as I can recall, they had this really cool featurette that showed the there was this guy that was handing the whip and the gun and the spiders and Oh wow! And, the thing. Uh, yeah. and, and this is cool. I wonder what this what this guy does. So. Uh, so that got, picked my interest and i got sure. really into movies at that point and then my high school uh, in france also had a film program where mm. we, we oh, created cool. a short film festival which is by the way still going 35 years later wow. uh and um so we uh we had that we didn't have film cameras but we had video cameras and we right. did short films and we watched uh, movies on a sixteen millimeter projector. We watched The Godfather. It took like four days to twenty five reels. Yeah, and um, and so the, so based on that and working with the short film festival, got me uh, basically. Uh, I was accepted into Valencia CC for the film program. Mm. Uh, after I got my uh, French uh, baccalaureate degree, and then uh, and the rest is, I guess, history. I so
0: you made a film. Yourself? Have yeah. You? Yeah.
4: made several. Yeah. We made several shows. I and know, they're yeah. around somewhere. I was going like, to say, can we yeah. see these films? I'm sure if you're sure. I'd love to see a <laughs> to... Do you speak
1: French? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I watch I watch all kinds of films. Where foreign in France votes. was this? Was This This
4: was in the Loire Valley, the center of the country. So right in the middle, uh, huh? Right in the middle, yeah. So oh. it's, it's between uh, Lyon and Paris. Basically. Okay. So right. it's, just, it's one of those like a flyover state here. It's yeah, very, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's like no one stops there. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think the Tour de France even they were there they were they went through this year, but no one looked <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. It's a great town, beautiful little town I'll yeah. bet yeah.
0: fantastic um uh, I want to circle back to almost famous at some point, not that it has anything to do with props, but it's one of my favorite movies, and you I worked was a on, set so. on it you're a set dresser, yeah. but you were there right there, yeah. so that it was, was fun,
4: yeah, I'll bet. I do have a quick uh, three precisions in the bio. You said um, super bad, I prepped. Okay. And I broke the cardinal rule. I, I ended up leaving the show and handing it over to a wonderful property master whose name eludes me now, but uh, <laughs> to go do uh, second unit on Die Hard 4 because the I director see. was Len Wiseman, who was a prop guy on our crew, was a friend of mine. Oh. Uh, and then uh, Birds of Prey, I was the second unit prop master on. I see. And then lastly, uh, the Ghostbuster movie, I did all the fabrication in town. And Mr. Ken Wills uh, was the set prop master in Alberta. But I I built all the proton packs and all the things. All the fun stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. You built the proton packs? (laughs) Yeah, we made them lighter and cooler and more lively. And they moved and, and... the com- big complaint from the cast in the original movie was right. that they were too heavy, so we made them as light as humanly possible. Yeah,
0: they were like made out of mini refrigerators right. or something. Yeah. Uh, well, they
1: way. didn't even wear them nearly as much as they did in those <clears throat> earlier movies. In so this sh- one. <laughs>
4: shout out to the prop master who took over super bad. Uh, she was wonderful. I, I, I apologize for not remembering her name out right of the bat. Uh, but she ended up doing Pineapple Express with that same group, Darren Weintraub, producer, a really good group of people. Nice. So, uh, Judd Apatow. Um, right. Yeah, Evan yeah. Goldberg
0: and, and yeah. Seth Rogen.
4: Yeah, great guys. Yeah.
0: So. Fantastic. Jeffrey? Oh, no. I know um, you yeah. from way back.
2: Well, we, <laughs> yes. A lot of people do. We're gonna well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yes, Unfortunately, but, it's way back. But, yeah, <laughs> but apparently it goes back further than that. Yeah, so. it does. Yeah,
0: so where were you born?
2: I was born... And raised in two different places. I was Wait. born in Little Rock, Arkansas. Wow. Ooh. I was raised in Texas.
3: What uh, part of Texas? Yeah.
2: Uh, Austin. Okay. Uh, Houston. Went to school in Lubbock at Texas Tech. All right. Um, uh, yeah, I, uh, I grew up in Texas. I uh, was very involved in high school theater. Mm-hmm. I also played basketball in high school. I nice. And I did it. A lot of stuff was very well-rounded and class president-y kind of guy and... Um I knew nothing about film. Rarely did we see movies in my house. My f- family were engineers, architects, mm-hmm. not of lived in the deep in the suburbs, you know, of uh going to the movies was a I don't know. I don't remember seeing movies till I got into I got a job. My siblings were working at a movie theater in high school. And um they got me a job and I became an usher and Loved watching the first and last eight minutes of every movie ever. (laughs) (laughs) Cleaning up and worked in in Houston at the AMC movie theater world of, uh, did that for many years, became a manager at age 17, I think. Oh my God. (laughs) And at that time too, it's funny talking about the platins, the reels. At that time, AMC uh, projectionists went on strike. I don't even know. They may still be on strike, (laughs) but for years they went on strike. Um, and we knew the projectionists as the ushers and assistant managers and stuff like that. And before they left, they taught us all how to do the projection booth so that oh. the theater could keep going. There was no... That's was like, well, Wow. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <It's> a <self laughs> yeah, that's a weird, weird move. move. Yeah. <laughs> For years, the same guys were out there. That's Texas. like, hey, Steve, good morning. Good morning. I'm unlocking the door. And, um, but I remember that's when I started watching films. Until that time, I right. did a ton of theater stuff in high school, college i had a a remarkable high school theater teacher who's still a dear friend today who was probably the only grown-up person who ever introduced me to art Mm. you know uh, so it was interesting did
0: you Uh, watch a lot of tv
2: no i played outside i played a lot of baseball basketball we would just you could hear somebody dribbling a basketball in your house and (laughs) throw your plate down and run out to the streets and play i didn't I didn't, there was TV, but it wasn't uh, on much. Right. We, we didn't have cable. There wasn't a lot of. We didn't do a lot of that. So what?
0: What sparked your interest in?
2: Um, maybe the movie theater. Mm. <laughs> uh, I got very lucky into this business because I, I, I <clears throat> after I had been through high school theater, I went to Texas Tech, got a degree in theater. But I also knew I didn't want to be poor, and I was an actor. <laughs> I was an actor, and I had done things in college at the. Uh, Edinburgh Festival, mm-hmm. I got to go to the Kennedy Center and perform there. And wow. You know, there was just a lot of great opportunities, but I didn't want to be poor, so I knew I wanted to be a teacher. And because... <laughs> yeah. Of, well... Good move. Well, <laughs> Wait a minute. Then I became poor. But, but because of the influence of this teacher I'd had... Right. I went back in Texas, in Jersey Village High School, one of my students, oddly enough, was a, uh, a guy named Joseph Kahn, who was a music video director. Okay. At this very... You know, it's just weird that we ended up in the same business. I don't speak to him much, but I'm very super proud of him. Um, but I was a teacher, a high school theater teacher for several years. We ran summer camps for kids in, in Lubbock and Nice. You know, um, then left teaching. Had a girlfriend who lived in Pittsburgh. I said, okay, I've worked hard enough. I moved to Pittsburgh, um, and there, as we spoke of earlier, is where our lives converge.
0: Yes. Uh, oh, you guys met in Pittsburgh? We did. Well... Yes, ish. Ish. We I, were, I, we're I was very parallel. Well,
2: yeah, I was very w- well aware of who he was, but I was You were? Yeah.
3: Huh.
2: Yeah, I, and when I got there, I was directing theater in Pittsburgh and doing small theater community shows, and huh. uh, Judy Matthews, not on Matthews. our door a location her. manager, asking to use our apartment as a location, and we said yes, and I passed out my... Theater resume. By that time, I had a ton of theater design stuff. Yeah. And on the other side was acting and the, the art department. A guy named Ralph Peverado, was coming through the house, and they were scouting my location. And this, my house is a location. And I, they called me a couple of weeks later. Hey, we need you to go downtown to the airport and make boxes. All right. Can you do that? <laughs> yeah, I can do that. I'm, I've already, you know, I'm 24 years old. Yeah. So I don't know how old I was after I finished teaching high school. And then that became, then they hired me for the next one, the next one, and then I became a stand-in. Then I became, saw people on set, which apparently Chris was one of them.
1: Was this during uh, the summer, or did you just quit teaching right there?
2: It, no, I quit in the, in the, between years. Yeah. It was quite, you know, it was quite an uproar. That mm. I was, what do you mean, you're leaving? I was teaching at the high school I went to. Yeah. And I, I don't know why this always comes to mind. I remember having lunch with the guy, uh, Hal Miller was my, my, teacher and phenomenal human, but I was, and he was very supportive to this day is, but I remember having lunch with George Clayton, who was my, my uh, government teacher when I was a student there, it was the same high school I went to, I was teaching, and he said, Jeff, how long are you going to teach? I said, I don't don't know, five years. He said, yeah, me too. This is my 25th. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, please go do something else. Yeah. You can always come back. I was like, he's got a great point. So anyway, nice. I, I went to Pittsburgh, they used my apartment, set dressers started hiring me, I was a set dresser, yeah. then a lead man, Diana Stoughton, and her team hired me, and then people came in from LA, hired me, then a guy named Michael Wiley, who's a designer now, and uh, Gene Sardina, who's a f- phenomenal decorator, I was his set dresser and a lead man, and then all, a bunch of those people, we all moved into a house together, and the landlord is a guy named Tom Siegel, there's a uh, DP who did Fusion Suspects* fun. and Wiley
4: and, G- and Gino? Oh, yeah, those right. that were was, that was hey. all my buddies. Catherine
2: Hardwick was, uh, if you know Catherine, yeah. was a designer. Now right. yeah, I did a film with her. She, well, we had a lot of adventures. At Wait, the South do, South
0: so North. did uh, did Catherine do something in Pittsburgh? She did. Oh. She
2: did a movie I think called *Passed Away*. Oh right, I, I, I remember that Passed movie. Away. That was
0: Catherine Hardwick. It wow. Was
2: Catherine? Michael Wiley was the lead man. Gene Sardina was the uh, decorator. Right. I believe that was that crowd. They She's came a back trip. a couple, okay. Yeah, she. I uh, tell oh, the story uh, that she came over to our house in Koreatown and came running in the house. And what's going on? I just got carjacked in the front yard. It's <laughs> like, oh my God, are you okay? She said, Yeah. What happened? Oh, a guy came up with a gun and he stuck in my face. said, I want your car. It's this beautiful little, uh, as I remember it. Sorry, Catherine, if this is wrong. A uh, uh, Cabriolet. Uh, oh right, Rabbit, rabbit uh, VW right. Rabbit. VW right. rabbit. Yeah blue with a white lined little top and yeah she came in i had tried to well what happened he's talking about gun what'd you do she said i said fuck you you're not taking my car i slammed the door and he walked <laughs> off <laughs> i was like and he walked <laughs> off yeah and he got nervous and they drove away i was like that's catherine again. that is catherine anyway, that's fantastic so She's then amazing it's, then when i you know i did set dressing got abby gene mccarthy came to town right he worked on something i came out to yeah did, LA. did you do iron maze No, that was before. Because he came came out for that. He was doing. Oh, shoot, he'll kill me because I don't remember. But he was doing something. And (laughs) I came out to visit for a week or two, visiting LA people. Yeah. He said, Hey, I got a job in about three weeks if you want it. Nice. As an onset dresser. It's great. Then, anyway, he ended up hiring me. And one day he came to my house and said, We need a divorce. You need to be your own property master. Can't be my assistant anymore. I said, I don't want that. He said, You need to. I said, all right, great. Yeah. Is anything you need, I'll support you.
0: Yeah, a lot of good people pushing you out the door. Yeah, thank you.
3: Yeah, I know.
2: Anyway, so that's how I ended up here. Nice. Yeah. I love so, it.
1: so, how many years have you been prop mastering now?
2: My first job was in whenever the earthquake was, 94? Right. 93,
3: 94, 94. somewhere in the 94.
2: Because I was on a Western and uh, Bill Paxton was okay. in it. And he actually, at the first day in a show and tell, he's like, hey, the director, you know, I hear Jeff's an actor. Let's make sure we put him in the movie. It's like, oh, no, 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 I, don't, I can't. It's my first job. It's a Western. I don't know anything. I, I, please don't do this. Oh, no, no, no. Two months later, he walks onto the set and goes, where's Jeff? He's supposed to be the guy back there. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm standing there with the shotgun. Trying to <laughs> show the actors. No, oh, no, no. Put that down. Go get dressed. You're doing the scene. We talked about this three months ago. And Anyway, they put me in the stupid movie. <laughs>
1: This movie, Frank and Jesse. That's it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> nice, <laughs>
2: Randy uh, Travis. Did you make Rob it? Lowe.
0: Are you in, in there? Kind of, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice, Guillaume, Have you ever been on camera? Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it was
4: in Reno 911, and yep. I probably shouldn't mention it. Oh, okay. Wow. Recent. That's a fair. That's recent. A fair. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. good. No, 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 not that recent. They uh, they put me on it every time, as soon as, as much as they can. Um, it's it's great fun. I'm a, I'm terrible at this. I'm I'm a really I'm not good at all. I'm not an actor, obviously. Right. Uh, <laughs> Why? But obviously, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's you know with those guys they make it very fun. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: That, was that the only time Reno Nine One One, or something in your early career at all?
4: Oh, I've been hands. I've been. Uh, I was yeah. a gangster in an indie gangster film. I was sort of production designer for. I get shot. I think I get shot in the chest. <laughs> wow. Uh, Did they squib
0: you in a whole? Yeah, the yeah, they
4: squib me and everything. Wow. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I've been a bunch of hands. I've been a dead body a couple of times. (laughs) Uh, Oh,
2: we've all... I uh, I was the,
4: in Man in Black 2, I was the... The worm, sm- the worm guy that smokes, Okay, oh, I was yeah. the smoke, because I, I was the only <laughs> smoker on the crew. Wow! And the puppeteer like, we need somebody to smoke. And so like, well, I smoked, so I smoked like 90 Marlboro lights. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so when you see the CM <laughs> <TM laughs> smoke, right. it's my smoke. It's your lungs. <laughs> so lungs yeah. South, nice. I got vouchered for that, actually, That was pretty cool. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> very good, yeah, <laughs> I, I got never got vouchered for any of that. I'm other. a SAC member.
2: So am I. You are real, wow. Huh? Oh, you yeah. guys are on
1: strike. You know that, right? I am <laughs> out of here. I, I'm eligible, so
4: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've had like six or seven. I get a little fifty cent kazam. Really? That was residuals.
4: Absolute. Oh yeah. That
2: nice. Really thirty cents a time. Yeah, you go to the candy. No, I no.
0: mean,
1: hey, right now, take anything you'll yeah, get.
2: I, <laughs> I just put. I was like, oh, this is a dollar eight. Yeah, I better deposit it. <laughs>
0: dollar eight. <laughs> you can just like wallpaper your yeah, bathroom with so, it. Yeah, I know. Still checks.
2: It. Yeah, same. Yeah, <laughs> That's funny, right? Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: You 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 get residuals too?
4: Oh
2: yeah. yeah Good I mean, God. Yeah. But it's I don't know if his are real. Mine, are, really, it's a dollar seven. I've had one that's fifty two cents. It's no money. I mean, it's
4: but it's about eight, I think it's like seven dollars, four dollars. Yeah. Right. And it's funny because it goes to different accounts. It's that's super confusing yeah. to track. <laughs> like, what is that? Yeah. And then you get the thing in the mail like, oh yeah. Oh, sure. That counts
0: scratches his head. Mikey, ever been on camera? Um, uh, no,
1: (laughs) I don't think I've never really been on camera as like an actor or whatever. I've I've inserted myself in a a few graphics or like newspapers and stuff like that.
2: I I also forgot. Uh oh. My big claim to fame was I was the uh, uh, Foodland in Pittsburgh. Uh, I was their spokesperson. For, some, oh. for an entire ad campaign, wow! I was dressed up as a red tag, a <laughs> price tag. I need to see pictures. <laughs> oh, Somewhere there's a video. Oh, you you don't I have mean, any stills? No, I've got all the. No, got oh all my the, god! The, the, the ad agency sent me that. I, I couldn't right. I made a good living for about a year doing that. Oh, checks, like, wow!
0: You know, yes. Like a reoccurring.
2: Oh yeah, it was yeah. hilarious.
0: They're like flow. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible.
2: I wish.
4: Oh, no, yeah. Right? She's making some yeah. real money. I worked with her on a commercial years ago before the whole flow thing. Really? Yeah, was, she was an actress. In the wow. Thing, yeah. I did another thing, I forgot, uh, uh, with Bay on Transformers. Uh, I was a German soldier, and I get stepped on by a, a robot. I mean, wow, I'm, that's I'm a, cool. I'm a machine gunner and the thing. So the, the funny part of this is we chose to uh, use... Winston Churchill's ancestral home um, uh, for the uh, German commandant tour. And we raised two giant uh, Nazi banners on Winston Churchill's ancestral home, Blenheim Palace. And so we filmed this huge explosion and this enormous gun battle. It's World War II and it's all this stuff. And and we've got stuff. That's also the night someone stole Michael's chair. things oh, oh my god chair running away from him I'm like what the hell oh wow well, they, they like, physically they took physically took the whole chair yeah it was amazing and we carry two always so it's yeah. you know but, but in, in any case the next day the press was just horrific like you oh, bad. Putting, oh, Nazi was... banners on Churchill's home like what, why it, pu- Public public get that close to it and uh, all that stuff too yeah Is well there... it was a big you know it's a giant big, movie so was, <laughs> you know, helicopters and we are there all night and we were right. blowing things up and it's a really fun scene it's, it's Bumblebee's past as right. a as a jeep, and then he transforms and kills all the Nazis. And it's a wonderful scene. Actually. Well, that's always good. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> kills pain. A, yeah. say
1: it's, <laughs> it's like because a lot of the movies I've done. There's I don't do a lot of movies with explosions yet. I should say that <laughs> right. I, I don't do a lot of movies with explosions yet. So anytime we're like in public, where your public comes and sees what's going on, it's always interesting to them for like about five seconds. Sure. Depending on where you are, right? yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. But a Michael Bay movies probably just endless. Every day is probably something crazy going on, huh?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's you get to do things you don't normally do when you work on the on one of those pictures. Um, he definitely keeps them interesting.
1: Yeah. There's uh. yeah definitely. <laughs> there's a lot of stories about him. How is he to work with as a prop master though? He's great. He's
4: very engaging. Really? Uh, um, Yeah, and he's very very serious about it. Um, uh, I've had so many meetings with him one-on-one. Usually we bring everything to him. Mm -hmm. That's how that always works. So you have these very elaborate things. He's one of those directors who's very accessible. Uh, That's mm, good. He understands the importance of props. He understands, uh, and he's very engaged in it. He knows what they are. Right. Uh, you're not gonna pull a fast one with him. Sure. Um, and um, he's a very challenging director, but again, he's he's also at the end of the day, he's a. You know, he's accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you get to do things that nobody gets to yeah. do. I
1: right. mean, having a director at that caliber and being able, you, I mean, you have one-on-one meetings with him and he's oh, yeah. able to do that. Because a lot of people we've had always talked about, like, sure. that doesn't like, always happen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like Spielberg on The Fableman's. I mean, yeah, he had very little time with him at all, if none. Mm-hmm. I don't right. Think. It was like, wow, that is right. scary. No,
4: Nolan way. is the same way as Michael he, he's a very accessible you you have you know shorter prep sometimes and whatnot but um, he's always available to answer your questions he's always around your his office is was steps from mine he came in to check in every day if I had a question I could go in if he wasn't busy he'll take me in uh, and it's a very collaborative relationship these are directors who again understand the value of every crew yeah. member that works with them right
0: uh, it's important it yeah. is important. Mm-hmm. Um, because it you know again, it also just protects everybody from being on set and not in the director not being happy for whatever reason. it's never good.
2: Well, how was Tarantino accessible?
0: He was accessible, yes, he was very accessible and he was very interested in everything, but you know his his um way of operating was, is different than any other yeah. director I've ever worked with. you know he he compartmentalized things, so like again, on once upon a time in Hollywood. I said this before, where, you know, he only wanted to deal with the Western stuff first. He didn't want to deal with anything 1968. Um, So even though I was pulling a bunch of stuff, he didn't want to really look at it. You know, he just wanted to focus on that part because that's what we were shooting first. And then once that went to bed, then we would talk about everything else.
2: Well, but you wouldn't discuss the other things until the Western sequence of the movie was filmed? Yeah. Until you had completed the discussion no until
0: the, it was done and then you would shooting.
2: have a yeah few I, days before to go look I right well the next
0: yeah I, I will say that in the very beginning i did a uh, initial show and, show and tell, and tell with it. him where i showed him like different knife options uh, right. for the manson kids in like all of the the eight tracks that right. i had for everybody's car and everything like that and and i'm sure you guys could attest to this too whenever you have a show and tell you like your first show and tell if you can get your directors um, trust sure immediately. in that they kind of like they're, they're they're they they f- they're fine with just like backing off a little bit and that's sure. how he was I, I think he realized okay at least he knows what he's doing sure okay and then of course there were instances all along the way where you know he changed his mind or he decided to do something else or whatever and we you know we just have to deal with that but but uh,
2: building that trust early. Yes. And and letting him know that you are paying attention. Right. You do care. You are thoughtful. You Absolutely. have options. You're detail oriented. Right. And you can communicate and look him in the eye and not be afraid. And this is what I have. And yes, if, let's make this conversation. Not a, well,
0: yeah. You, again, you got to own, you have to own the role, you yeah. know, as a, as a property master. And just like you're saying, Guillaume. Uh, you know, you work with directors who appreciate what you're bringing to the table, but you better make sure you're bringing something to the table and that you consider yourself a collaborator as well. Sure. And not just some gopher who's, you know, pulling stuff off the script or, and, or trying, like you say, to pull something over on somebody. You know, again, uh, uh, for me, it's about caring more about the props than anybody on the show, including the director. If you could do that, you're halfway. Well, that's what they're
2: helping. All property masters are going to do. Right. This is your wheelhouse. You know, pay attention to it. Give me depth. Give me yes. suggestions. A lot of times, I find a director is occupied, uh, obviously, with you know every other department. And if you can come in and 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 truly collaborate and say, these are this is how I interpret this. Sure. Is this where you are, or where, where are we?
3: Right. Right.
2: You know, it's just super important to be and, and know that you belong in the room. Right. You you know, you're there. Don't be afraid to own your position and own your space and own your your opinion matters.
0: Absolutely. And I find, you know, it's funny you talk about Michael Bay or James Cameron. You know, there's a lot of these directors who have bad reputations, so oh. to speak. But every time I talk to a property manager who's worked for these guys, they all say the same thing. These guys are amazing, you know, and, they're, and they under because they do care and they do know and they and they have they work at a level that's higher than a lot of people so their expectations are higher and if you deliver you're fine it's the people who aren't delivering and that's what frustrates them correct and then they act poorly
2: it, it took a while on this horizon for Kevin Costner to trust us right not in a bad way he was distracted he's got a lot of things going on sure. in his life currently and and When he realized that we were standing right next to him, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: that we had already discussed and we, you know, he works a certain way. But once he could look at and go, oh, yeah. And I could pitch him an idea that is second or third level of character. He he would love that. And he's brilliant with actors. And he would allow my team to interact with the actors and show them how the widget works before anybody else, you know. Yep. And he would protect the actor. He was very protective of the actor mm. and the prop person and the director's triad. Right. Very respectful. Just a beautiful thing to see.
3: Yeah.
2: Not always the case. I've On, on a particular movie, I worked with a director who gave me four minutes of nonverbal show-and-tell time while he was filming the reshoots for another movie. Wow. He walked through. Went on a five-day tech scout kind of around the U.S. in private planes. Never wanted to speak on anything. <laughs> Would yeah. go into the room. Yeah. I was like, okay, now this is where I'm going to finally get an opportunity to talk about it. Nope. Crickets.
1: Yeah, that's frustrating. Was,
0: well, and I guess my question about that is, is that is that, then when it comes time to shooting it, is he still as cavalier about it?
2: Yes, he maintains that his first AD was the one who could make those decisions. Wow. So you would run it by the first AD, and he would say, yeah, that's great, or no, we're not doing that. Well, that's going to be rewritten. Just ignore that part of your prop problem. Interesting. Then on the day, hey, Jeff, where's the prop problem that you wanted to solve, but, I, but he won't he, – <laughs>
3: <laughs> so it's hard. Sometimes the yeah. directors
2: are very collaborative, and sometimes right. they don't. I, I, I don't know. I, don't, I would have to make it up and hope that the first AD didn't throw me under the bus. And you know, obviously, it yeah got made. I
1: think I would rather have a director that's more rough around the edges, but Correct. at least you, they come through in a Absolutely. show and tell, Correct. and they have things like a very cut and dry vision where they can be like, "That's it. That's it. Correct. That's it." This you're almost there, yeah, yeah. but Can this we should give be something else. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, you know what I mean. But at a least decision, yes, any kind of interaction, any exactly. Yeah, but at least like there's I, something to fine-tune. I always
2: say a no is a great answer. I don't, I don't mind a yeah.
1: no. I don't I mean, mind a no either. It's just like you give the idea, like you get the yeah. fine-tuning. You know what, what to kind of go for. <laughs> well,
0: and on once upon a time in Hollywood, I was uh, informed that if I was smart. Everything I showed Quentin, I should hang on to. Like choices. Yeah, if yeah, he yeah. picks no, something, we, we hang on to everything. It. He remembered. Because, yes. Because he be like, the, oh, what about that other thing? Yeah, i like, oh, yeah, it. No, I got Don't that. Don't get <laughs> rid of that,
2: that, uh, that box.
0: 100%. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah. but So no. working with directors, yeah, it's like that. But uh, Guillaume, you did Jurassic World, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> says yeah. yeah. So that's one of my favorite franchises of all time. I, no mean, I, have, I have one of the. Yeah, I have one of the. Yeah, and I, I, as I assume, most people's, like,
4: were you a huge fan when you took that movie also, or? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I saw the. I saw the the first one when it came out in the theater, right? And you know, ninety two or ninety three or something, yeah. And um, and I was working in the film industry already. I think I was a scenic artist at Nickelodeon Studios at the time. Oh, Oh, (laughs) I was a painter, and um, and so yeah, the CG, the the dinosaurs were so real, and because before that it was stop motion and puppets and things, right? Uh, So yeah, when we we took that on, uh, there was an enormous amount of pressure uh to because the fan base was enormous it was also top secret we we started prepping the film uh i think in 2013 and then um there were some issues with the script and a lot of you know things and so we got shut down after about i think two months of prep and to work things out colin trevoro uh, was a director Uh, at this point he's only done like one feature that got noticed i think Hmm. and that uh, Colin um, was again very collaborative. Um, every day I'd go into his office at the end of the day to talk about things. He came to our office all the time to look at things. Uh, hard worker. You can tell. So when a director is, you know, really good director is first one there, last one there. They yeah. work hard. It's not a. You can't improvise yourself, film director, on turning in our movie. It's not gonna. You're gonna be found out yeah. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we, the, to me, the most important thing was well, we're, we're opening the park. Yeah. And so it has to be a real theme park. So I, I talked to production. I said, You guys got to get us into Universal Studios so we can go look at everything. We'll look at the ride. I'm going to look at the employees. I wanna, right. So that's where we get the idea of putting uh, your favorite dinosaur on the name tag. Nice. Because at Universal, at Universal Studios, the, the, the people that host the park for the, the tourists, sure. they, their name tag has their favorite movie yeah oh, that's so so fantastic that. yeah and then we had the idea of theming everything so the the, the cups those cups were kept me up at night because they were so expensive <laughs> right and we had to do these cups uh with the the top heads with them sculpted and casting yes. you know expensive this is like what, 10 years ago so expensive and then i really wanted to have uh i remember at SeaWorld in jaws 3d there was a scene where. Uh, Dennis Quaid runs over a bunch of baby strollers shaped like dolphins. Nice. For <laughs> yeah, some yeah. reason, oh, sure. Jaws 3D stuck with me, and I said, well, we need to have baby strollers shaped like dinosaurs. I love so, it. so I called this company uh, called Legacy Chicago 3D, huh. and they do this giant foam shape and i i said i need um, a dozen baby strollers like one that looks like a velociraptor one that looks like a so different
1: dinosaurs also yeah, not I, just and <laughs> then
4: one that looks like to, to sell it you need to yeah, have variety yeah, right um and so they're like and then also i need like a giant uh, t-rex foot and i need like the beak for because we were using instead of the flat things you hold you know for right line, i wanted to have 3d things so we had a bunch of uh, of these foam shaped heads we had all this junk we had to carry it <laughs> so um, so that was the thing to me is to have so every ex at the heaviest day we had almost 3000 extras wow so Holy i had a crew crap. and that was in new orleans so i had a crew of 20 people mm-hmm. they're still mm-hmm. rapping. they're yeah. still rapping, yeah. <laughs> and and we we set up uh, a thing i got a i got a marquee and we set up a a line like at disneyland so what we did we we looked at the skins for all the extras and how many people's name starts with M? Uh, 200, okay. So, so we figured out which, line, <laughs> which lane could, should be the biggest and then we had giant laundry hampers full of props. So backpacks, cameras, uh, phones, right. uh, selfie sticks, all that crap. And, uh, and so the first day it took us almost six hours to run everybody through Holy between costumes. and crap. By day, because we shot the park for like f- a month and a half. By like day ten, we were down to like an hour, right? Because everybody yeah, knew. It's like a well oil machine. Because we had badge. We made uh, special <coughs> uh, security guard badges that were beautiful and gold mm-hmm. and and different color for the bosses and the thing. You know, we made the a ton of different uh, fantasy guns for the guards, like the 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 electric spears and the dart guns that shoot a bunch of darts right those were fun because they it's a complete trick the, the thing moves it looks like it shoots something it doesn't <laughs> right <laughs> but it works and we use nitrogen cartridges hidden in the stock to make the thing last forever uh so we have a we had a really good time and, and again colin is such a collaborative just a dream of a director, honestly. Did so all
1: the background all get the exact same thing that entire no. time too? No, oh, so, but, but, okay. well, no, no. The, yes, <laughs> they.
4: Sure. In, in continuity, yeah, we kept a record of it. So they had a bag and their name on it, and then, and they you know by. I mean, I, that's you know, what I'm saying. How do you like store that? In order? Like, if you put a
1: thousand props out, like, do you yeah, just no, tell we, the background to find it? Like, how no, did no, you no, do we, that? No, no, We had
4: a system with numbers, and right. we had the same thing on the Patriot. We did the Patriot with Doug Harker. We had three trucks, and we had the truck for all the accoutrements, we had the prop truck for right. the casting, and right. we had the gun truck. I really, like, run the gun truck. And and we had the uh, same, like, two or 3,000 soldiers going in every, every day. Yeah. Uh, so it was the same. Again, I, you know, I didn't come up with it. I, I worked yeah, for a yeah. locker for 10 years, so I, sure. <laughs> I used the same tricks. <laughs> uh, and then, so, yeah, we had a system. Everybody knew what they had. You know, we made tens of thousands of bracelets and, and the pamphlet, the right. park map and things that yeah. people would have. Those would get trashed or stolen, of yep. course, every day. Every so, day. I mean, day two in Hawaii, I think it was on the Internet. Someone like stole it, scanned it, put it on the Internet. Like, oh, great. <laughs> oh, but we wanted to be realistic. So I made sure to print on the back the sponsors, Delta Airlines, great. Coca-Cola, Dasani, because it would have that. Sure. You know? so, so it was a little thing. It was like trying to recreate real life to a T, because you don't want it to notice it. Like, you don't want it to look sad. It's Jurassic World. It's the most visited place on Earth. It's the most famous place on Earth, right? So you want it to be so perfect, it's seamless. Like, oh, yeah, it's a theme park. That's it. Yeah. So it sucks, because in a way, you have to do such a good job that no one notices it. Yeah. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. Well, I have a theory about that, though. I I think that people may not notice it on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level, level, they do. There, well, if something it's not there, that, you'll notice. Yeah, and and it's just something that resonates. It just feels real, so yeah. it keeps them in the and, movie.
1: And for a movie like Jurassic World, like what we've been building up to seeing the park through the entire first three movies, and we once that those three movies ended, we. Like it kind of sits, and we didn't think we're ever going to actually see it open. So when it does sing it open, it's almost like that, that feeling, like inside, that just feels good about cinema and seeing everything. So that goes into that, I think, of why we love movies so much. It's like, oh, we get to see the park and it's beautiful. And this is
4: the Jurassic Park. But my, my favorite thing in that movie, if I know you're a fan, we had to make this case Dr. Wu leaves the park with in the helicopter. Yeah. And um, I'm a huge fan of the. Can of barbasol, I think it's the thing. Yeah, yeah, Jerry that's, that's one of the coolest props of all. Yeah, <laughs> and so I found one. I got one. Universal Archives gave me that. They gave me the goggles. We they're actually in the movie, yes. and I said, "Well, we have to make the can of barbasol is basically a thing hidden that has the same language as what the scientists would use right. to store the DNA samples. So we need to use the same language inside the can and make it into a portable thing. And then also to justify, it, we have to make it into the the mother thing in the lab. So. Building that big unit with the little thing that then go into the case, uh, that was really fun because that was like total fantasy and then uh, Colin was really involved in it really liked it. Uh, And it works. It works great on screens.
1: Cool. all of it. Did
4: you have any budgetary, like, a movie that big,
1: like... Do you just get free reign with the money, or are they pressing you? When you're like, I want to create all these
4: strollers. Yeah, and exactly. Create- yeah, I was
0: I was going to ask you that same question.
4: No, they, I mean it doesn't matter the <laughs> the bigger the the biggest budget. You still the people will still like really. You're spending other. There, there was one instance where I was called into the uh, principal's office <laughs> <laughs> for the uh, for the dart gun, and it was like you're spending this. Much- I won't say the number because it's outrageous. Right. You're spending this much on a rifle. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, well, it's, you understand, there's no such thing. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It has to look cool. We're inventing something. I said, I'm, and I'm telling you, I'll call you next year from Toys R Us, and it will be a toy. I promise you. And a year later, I'm at Toys R Us with my, my youngest daughter, and there it is. And indeed, they. Um, they had the Lego, had the little rifle. Nice. And I sent him a picture. Like, see, <laughs> it was well worth it. Yeah. Uh, they also had the knife. I had my buddy, Steve Ovenshine, who's a, a little shout-out. He's a knife maker in Kentucky. Oh, nice. And uh, Steve's done a lot of my, uh, my, my work. Um, yeah. He does all my knives. And he, uh, he's the one who created. I sent him a really crappy... Uh, hand-drawn thing on the, on the Musso and Frank napkin. Nice. And I snapped and sent him, and he made this beautiful knife that's been in all four movies, or all three movies now, wow. Chris oh, awesome. Pratt wears in the cross draw holster. Right, right, right. And uh, Dragon Leatherworks in Tennessee makes the holster, and then Steve makes the knife. Wow, uh, Very and, so, cool. and that was actually, that's also on the uh, Lego thing. So that was cool. You know, you see your work, you know. Yeah, so like, so, uh,
0: again, the strollers, that, that was your idea. You came mm-hmm. up, you, so you took it to the director? Yeah, well, I mean,
4: I, I I pitched the, I pitched the, I had the, Fabian Lacey was my 3D designer. And so Fabian and I and, and Josh Roth, my assistant on that picture, um, put this really big book together with all of our concepts and all of our research. Mm. I often do that. I'll put a huge book with the whole prop breakdown and every f- research photo I have. And then if I already, typically on those films, I start a designer at the same time as I And so we put that together and we pitched it to Colin and said, you know, we should have this, we should look, look, the badges should say this, we should have all this stuff. And Colin was super excited about it all. So we had basically a green light and it was about finding the money for it. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. It's always the, you know, get everybody excited, then you have to figure out how to pay for it. Uh, And and even on those big budgets, I mean, those are huge budgets, but everything is uh, in scale, you know, so... You sure. still have to have a budget. You still have to have discussions. You still have to convince people. Um, right. You know, you have, and, you, and you have constraints. I mean, it's, we're all in the same boat.
0: Yeah. It
2: yeah. doesn't matter the size yeah. of no. the picture, the no. budget. Somebody is tracking it. Perhaps. You're fiscally responsible. Yeah. It, and you need to seek approvals.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely so It's great
2: to have the director.
1: Right,
0: right, right.
2: an idea that you want to, and that relationship. It's yeah. Absolutely. It's... it's Super beneficial to have those.
1: Definitely, there's no uh, the job doesn't exist where they just give you a blank paycheck or a blank check. Just uh, well,
0: and in in television, it's even tighter. Uh, Okay, because I know I did a film where uh, or a TV show, and Mm -hmm. there was a call for a uh, Mayan War Club, something like that, (laughs) and it's something that actually existed. And then somebody had to get hit over the head with it. Yeah, yeah, Okay, so I had to have it built. First I designed it, then I had to have it built, and then I had to have rubbers made of it. At the end of the day, it came out to like, you know, 7,500 bucks, which on an episodic TV for one prop blows their was a lot of money. Oh, sure. But for me, it was in my pattern, okay? So I was like, okay, well, and again, the creator of the show was really hot on this thing. He wanted it, blah, blah, blah. I got a call on a Saturday from my UPM. He's like, who do you think you are? I'm like, excuse me? He (laughs) says, you're spending $7,500 on this thing? I'm like, "Uh, yeah, it's scripted. And he's like, well, I didn't authorize that. I'm like, but it's in my pattern. He goes, I don't care. I don't want to spend that kind of money on anything. I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but it's my understanding that you give me a budget, and I do the best that I can do with that budget, not the cheapest that I can do. I mean, I had trouble with the guy the whole time, but... It was an issue with him and I on that particular prop, you know, and I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but as far as I'm concerned, it's like, you know, if you're within budget, on something,
4: isn't that... I mean, you're supposed to be getting the best that you can or, give for what the money they give you. Was that UPM uh, going to be the one who hits the actor over the head with the yeah. club? <laughs> <Correct. Yeah>. No. <laughs> Is he
2: going to the director or the well, creatives that's what, and saying, we're not going to pay for this? No, of course
0: not. Right, no. well, and that's what he, he said. I would have told him they couldn't have it. No, no I, you wouldn't have. No, no exactly. that
2: has never happened. Rarely do they march in and say, mm, you can't. Right. And it's a
0: Yeah. I think no, it's I've never worked with well, him I, again. I, I, had a, I made a gun on,
2: um, it's funny you say that, I made a gun on Jack Ryan, mm-hmm. season three, a very specific gun as a knockoff of a, of a million-dollar gun that was being gifted, this beautiful case, locks together, doesn't fire, but it's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I, it, this was in Budapest, I probably spent, twenty thousand dollars on it I don't know what it was but it was a lot of money and it was oh geez and made it never saw it on camera as as it was supposed to be. oh great it's <laughs> a complete waste of money because creatively by the time we got to that scene I was like hey I told my guys here it is and white gloves and came back you know 20 minutes later after they rehearsed like where's that oh yeah that's just one of those I'm like we're not doing the whole press now they got rid of that Cut to about a month ago, I got a call or an email from Paramount Studios. Hey, Jeff, we've got this gun in our... This is two years later, yeah. right? It's like, yeah, we've got this gun in our office. What do we do with it? I'm like, what are you talking about? I told him. I'll, I'll take it. I said, well, don't throw it in the trash. I'll, I'll come get it. So they, or they've saved it. I don't know. I said, oh, that's funny. I gave it to the producer and right. to the leading actor who wanted to take it home and never... Thought of it again until two years later. It shows up at Paramount Studios. Then they called me three days ago. Hey, we can't find it. Oh. I said, what? Yeah. Don't be mad at us, but it's here. We're in the middle of a move, and we can't find this gun. But, again, it was a horrific amount of money. Nobody wanted to spend it, except for the creative our right. leader. And he didn't he he didn't. It didn't shoot it. Yeah, never filmed it. That's sad. <laughs> it's a, it's a what are you going to do? I'm going you know, <laughs> to try to go to... Pick it up at Paramount.
1: How many and, seasons of Jack Ryan did you do? Two, two seasons. The yeah. the most recent two. Yeah,
2: the, the most recent two.
1: And the they that the last season just dropped. right? They did the final season, yeah, July
2: seventh. It's um, on my list. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's a it was a difficult job.
1: Where where did they? Because what was it? Did you say Budapest was the the se- season three? Right. Well, we they, they they, all, they're all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> the
2: stages are in Budapest. That's where we. Our offices were, season three, started filming in Rome. Okay. Then we shut down for a bit, went back to Budapest. We shot in Budapest. I'm going to mix up the countries in the Budapest, Slovakia, Austria, uh, Prague. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah. Athens, Santorini, Rome,
1: Rota, Spain on the Navy ships. Holy crap. How, over how long? How long were you out?
2: well the season three was till it was only about six months
1: six months six and months. then
2: we turned around quickly to do season four which took us to uh, again back in budapest season four was um Dubrovnik, um budapest canary islands i'm forgetting oh yeah i'm forgetting somewhere but it's It was a lot of travel, so you got (laughs) really,
1: really
0: familiar with Budapest. Then (laughs) I did,
2: and a great the film community, the the people that work there.
0: Yeah, well, this is a good point to segue into the whole theme of location shooting because you guys have both done a lot of it. Um, So I just want to: what are the challenges of filming on location? You know, for in the states versus abroad. I mean, uh, it's a plethora of them, but it seems to me the first thing would be. All the prep that you have to do to to go abroad, and and then like film crews and all that. So I mean, you, you guys want to talk about that?
3: Uh, <laughs>
2: it is um, it's interesting, and, and and it is much more difficult. The biggest difficulty to me, my most recent experience abroad was Budapest and Jack Ryan, where everything had to be paid with cash. Oh, there were no credit cards. There was no internet purchasing, and every and. Hungary uh, uses a forint. It is not in the. Um, they don't use euros. Right. Uh huh. So if, it, and they don't have, you can't buy this water bottle. It doesn't exist. Right. Like I discovered something as simple as, oh well, in the CIA offices they use all these. They're digging through all these three ring binders and. Right. Oh, we don't. We don't. What are that? What's a three ring binder? <laughs> I use a two-ring binder, which doesn't look anything like a three-ring binder. So I said, okay. I had ISS send me 60 three-ring binders, only to discover that they don't have three-hole punches. (laughs) They don't have the papers a different size. So I had to, you know, take a ream, two reams of paper and... Drill press them.
1: And I'm assuming they didn't ship your trailer out there. No, I was no going to tra- ask you <laughs> that. No trailer. No, I,
2: I, just to begin, I guess, I, I don't take a crew. I did not take a crew to Budapest. Nobody. 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 Wow. It was me, my art department friends, Derek Hill and John Richardson, the designer and the art director. Uh, yeah. Hired all locally. Wow. And um, then and each country I went to, because we were filming simultaneously, I would hire a local crew.
1: Did you have at least in a, like a main assistant prop master that would go around to those countries with you? No. No.
2: They were still Oh my God. in Budapest. So when we were in Slovakia, uh, and, and then I would go to Slovakia, jet off to Athens to Tech Scout, and learn who the local crews were there, introduce myself, explain to them what I'm shipping. Here's what we're going to need. you got 400 background on the streets. Make sure we get these. Then I dip and leave and go back to, you know, it was... That's a lot of
0: trust to put into a bunch of people that you barely know. and Were were you given a translator in every country?
2: Yes, I had support, production support, in every one of those countries. Um, I was given a driver, you know...
0: And what uh, kind of prep did you have on a show like that? Well... It seems like a lot of prep.
2: No, no, Jack Ryan was a unique experience in that... um, no, we didn't. We, we, unfortunately, we changed directors multiple times. Mm-hmm. We changed uh, actors multiple times. We changed uh, DPs. We changed AD teams. There was never a, you know, I don't remember, somebody else said there was a, a shooting schedule, an active, functional one liner. It was also during COVID, so we had actors flying in from Russia for season three. Get there only, f- only to find out that they had COVID, so we'd shut that. Oh,
1: yeah. Sounds uh, really gorilla style for it was. like, yeah. <laughs> it was for
2: it's $300 million. And, like... Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was. Um, no, I didn't travel with my truck. I took three crates of stuff that I thought I might need. I found a lovely local crew, thankfully. Esteban Marton was my right hand, mm-hmm. Stevie. My buyer Bense was fantastic. I got some great onset people there in Budapest. And when you went to these other countries, maybe one of them would travel. When I right. did, you
4: work with Zolt over
2: there. Uh, well, Zoltan Kahoot. Oh, Zolt uh, the uh, I started to, but the scale of what we needed was too big for what he could do.
4: Right.
2: And I ended up hiring Be- uh, uh, Peter Bayon,
4: mm-hmm.
2: who owns and his uh, uh, has a very large collection of guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, importing and exporting guns, as you can attest, from one country to the right. other, is next to impossible. Well, yeah. how, so how it's do you months of you right. have to identify? Very early on, we're shooting the interior of the, you know, uh, hostage rescue scene on a stage in Budapest. Then we're, at, you know, in two months, three months, we're going to go to Athens and. Shoot them climbing up the side of it. so that all that equipment and gear and all those guns have to match. Yeah. So you got to make sure early on that you've got plenty of multiples, doubles, uh, live ammunition, airsofts, rubbers, and get all of that booked. And it takes three to five months. Oh my God. To get <laughs> anything gun related from one country to another, and it takes a month to get it back. So you have to. It's exhausting planning that so my your first question is what's the difference not having prop houses yeah. not having what I consider ISS right. and his team Greg and his team history for hire not having them HPR not having them it's very difficult and even getting stuff from London is, is right. so that's the biggest part it's not much prep lot very guerrilla style wow. and
0: so you weren't on set a lot
2: no and that was an issue yeah it was an issue for me it was an issue for my producers. There's a language and a shorthand and an experience that and it was an issue I know for John Krasinski because, I, you know, as the prop master, that's my... At that point, I should be able to do that. But there wasn't enough experience outside of me to travel, to set up, to interface with the other countries right and prep them um, it's still a lack of it and there was one moment where I said I, I've got to have help and I brought my assistant James Clark from here right who went there for a month to get me from Budapest to Austria to, to Prague and help me go over there because I trusted him but they would not pay him full-time wow. no it's a, and that's a that's a real problem not having a prop house and not having
0: sure. So, Guillaume, what's your experience like? I mean, do you bring crew when you go? Yeah,
4: um, I've only I've only not been able to bring uh, my whole crew on only on one picture that shot around the globe. Hmm. We literally did one complete revolution around the earth. Wow! Was, what show is that? It was called Finding Ohana. It was a wonderful picture with the amazing director Jude Wang. Hmm. Uh, it was. Uh, and it was supposed to take place in Hawaii we shot uh, all of the interiors uh, and some jungle exterior in Thailand as well and awesome. we and we traveled from Hawaii to China to Thailand to uh, New York we shot in New York as well and in, back in LA uh, but that was the only one where I, I just went. it was a smaller picture and um, and a pretty good cruise in Hawaii there's amazing wonderful cruise in Thailand uh, and in New York of course it's a great cruise so um, but no, usually I I bring always bring Rachel, my Rachel Nowick, my assistant, my, the second assistant, and um, fence all the armor, mm-hmm. uh, and then a, a third, you know, p- right. when possible. Um, when we when we did six underground, we had to take guns to uh, Italy, uh, Hungary, and the United Arab Emirates, and um, and so what I did because um, little known fact, Europe shuts down in August. Yeah. Yes, for a so, holiday. And then. Uh, we wanted to start filming in September in Rome, um, and so, so well, we, we're bringing a lot of guns. Uh, so what I did is I attacked it from three different angles. I rented everything I could rent in Italy, which was not much, by the way, sure. um, but whatever, it was still, you know, we had something. Where do you rent in Italy? Like Oh, there's several, there's Paolo Galliano, who was our FX guy, who's a okay. wonderful friend, and, and, and that's the same guy I used Yeah, Paolo's, stuff. I think I wrote my name too. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like- and then, uh, of course, I, when I'm in Europe, I always run from uh, my good friend Christophe Maratier mm. uh, in Paris, who has the probably one of the largest collection of guns in Europe. Oh, wow. And has very well-seasoned armors. Uh, Marc Leroyer is the guy I always pick, uh, and also a good friend. So I had uh, a shipment of guns coming from Paris, because in the Schengen zone, it's not four months. It's it's much faster. Correctly. It could be as, as quick as, like, four weeks. Yeah. Uh, and then I had a guns from Italy, and then I had a shipment of guns from... Uh, point blank props and ISS coming from the US to Italy then I had another shipment of guns going to the UAE uh, and we had basically we had uh, 20 weeks before that so we were covered uh, even though we had a couple of mishaps there always you have to be ready for mishaps Right. so attacking it from and I have to convince the producers because it's not cheap I'm basically renting three orders of guns and right. all the result is for one but it's it's the difference between shooting the movie with all the actors all the cars everything's there but no guns uh, and you know, so, we, so we did that, and it was quite successful. Um, I had an issue once on a picture in Spain where all the guns were confiscated uh, oh. because there was a, a terrorist attack, and, and we had done everything right. Everything was on the level. I was able to beg for Tom Cruise's uh, personal handguns, uh, from the the police, ch- the the customs guy made me uh, take the train from Seville to Madrid every day for like a month to go talk Whoa, to him. Whoa! Wow! Uh, and I finally, after a month of negotiations, I was able to get it was during our prep <laughs> to get the 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 handguns back. Uh, and then I I snuck in some full auto handguns. They had no idea they were full auto, so uh, <laughs> so we were good with that. And then uh, we went and shopped around Europe, with, you know, for assault rifles, and we were able to write stuff in Spain. So we were covered in the end, but. Uh, so, I've, you know, I've had great smooth things and then, you know, more stressful things. Yeah. You know, I was once asked to add too many guns to a gun order two weeks before going to uh, England. Uh, and then, you know, thankfully, we were able to pull it off because we always save some, um, we always have contingency plans for extra serial numbers and things. So we we're able right. to do that. So as Jeffrey mentioned, you really have to, when it comes to guns, you have to be prepared early. Mm-hmm. Um, I've turned down a lot of projects, not a lot, but I've turned on some projects who, called me hey we want you to go to um, south africa uh in two months with like 500 guns i said well that ship sailed guys (laughs) (laughs) it's not gonna happen so i'm not gonna do that. i I, I can't handle the stress so uh you have to be early and 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 you have to have all your ducks in a row your presentation with the director have them pick the guns early right have extras have doubles have triples Mm -hmm. have Things in your back pocket. Um, have a good receiver in the country you're going to. Make sure you understand the gun laws and the gun scene in the country you're going to. Right. So in case something happens, you have a backup plan. Uh, and when it comes to crews, I always try to hire like the the best person there and let them hire the crew. I'm not going to interview everybody. Right. There's no way. I, you I, you know, have
2: to um, trust to begin again. Yeah.
4: And then uh, you know I always uh, negotiate with the studio if I'm doing a, a film in Europe or in Australia or to I'll, I'll do that, but it, as long as the, uh, it's understood that I'm doing it the American way, I'm not working right. the European mm-hmm. way. Right. So in other words, I don't work for the decorator. No. I'm, I'm uh, my own thing so once I get that approved by the studio then I have to mention to the local crew like hey this is how, this is gonna, this is how we're going to do things Right. and it's always worked out really great, they, they're great. Actually, you, they've always welcomed it
1: um, so you've never had pushback from a decorator like oh on the contrary Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they hate just, pro- they don't, they don't want, want to do it
4: <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, especially either. the British I've worked with several <laughs> British decorators like oh thank god you're doing this I don't <laughs> want to deal with it um, yeah, and I've made lot. best friends I mean I've, I've hired the same crew from England a few times, now because they're um, they're wonderful guys and gals and they're so talented and uh, yeah, it's a great, great I, experience.
2: I remember going to being called on a Friday or a Saturday, can you come to Luxembourg Monday to film, help us film? It's like they, we've been shooting for two weeks and the decorator is the in charge of the props and they're not paying attention to it. They have no, idea, you know. Yeah. True. And so literally, I went and Monday, I said, okay, where's this hero gun? And they're like, oh, it's they, we only have one, and it's in the mold. I'm like, yeah, but it plays Tuesday. Oh, well, you know, this is a... Like, it plays the next day. It's like, oh, no, I didn't even think about it. So details. So wow. the decorators in Europe, who are, are lovely, talented people, this is not something they are interested in doing. Right, right. And, you know, it's like, no. And he's a lot of times they aren't. That's um, interesting. And then
0: Especially on a big film, I'm sure. It's a lot for yeah, them to worry was, about. I don't know yeah. how...
1: Like, I, I can't wait to talk to a prop master that's yes. from England to hear just what they do or how it works or how it differentiates. cuz it sounds that a decorator just does so much work over there.
2: They do but they also have a lot of people. It's like Right. You know, I remember going to do God baby gone and they were like, "Oh, you got to do picture cars." I'm like, "Oh, all right." <laughs> but they've got a picture car guy. Bob right. I was going to say yeah. the
0: same thing with like your your truck, your uh, when you go abroad. I mean, oh. and do, and they do they have the equivalent of teamsters or are they just no. dudes?
2: uh well i can't he can speak to it differently the
4: the drivers assigned to the department are part of the department so on transformers for instance we had the the, our lorries which are these these great little trucks they have right um and it's a again it's a very large crew i had you know 50 prop makers and i had about 20 people in the department plus my american crew jeff lombardi david fensel uh, mark brown uh, and rachel nowick and so we um we had these trucks all set up um, and the driver was attached to the department so the driver was by mm-hmm. all accounts a prop person um, most of the drivers in europe are like either taxi drivers who are unemployed mm-hmm. wow. they're all grumpy in my experience yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> like really you want to ride i'm like well yeah you're sitting in a van <laughs> love to take a ride. Yep, do um, you ever get to, do you ever get to bring
1: your trailer you, they're not
4: uh, they're not the same size for the no, roads there no you space. can't there's no space yeah, there's no but how about any traveling job well oh, like yeah overseas. always yeah if it's oh, in the overseas? u.s yeah yeah overseas i've taken Rarely. mine to puerto rico and hawaii a few times and uh in every state here uh but overseas no you it's not the same road system right. no, it, it the, just
2: the, doesn't it's yeah. the, the truck was a five a five ton a seven ton mm-hmm. prop truck mm-hmm. um that was quite clean and lovely, but it was in no way, shape, form. Not in Australia
1: and, either?
4: No, it's wow. very different. It's, uh, really? it's right-hand drives there to begin yeah, with. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah. That, and, it's, uh, and the size of the truck is different. We oh, had, that makes sense, yeah. We had an insane line. amount of truck of prop trucks, though. for We shot mostly on stage. I think, yeah. and we had so many trucks. But, so uh, did
0: you crate and ship your kit?
4: Yeah, we sent, um, yeah, Rachel and I sent three sea containers yeah. to Australia, and we brought back <laughs> six or seven, I think.
0: Oh, right. My God. And then, yeah. do you have to manifest everything? Oh.
4: Every last it's, bolt.
0: It's, That's crazy. It's,
2: uh, yeah, well, that was the other thing, too, going from country to country. Everything has to be manifested. I, I mm-hmm. don't know what I'm sending yet. No, i got to have it three weeks in advance. Like, all right. No are problem. they really strict about making that? It, they,
0: I mean, are you making stuff up as you go? They... Will? They it, can be.
2: Yeah, they can be, but they can shut it down. It was very clear that I was not allowed to send fake money from Budapest to Canary Islands. Right, even right. though the briefcase of money matches. And No, you can't have f- even fake, though, no. Wow. One day we'll have Canary? to have a
4: secret podcast no one can <laughs> Yeah. Think, uh, about all the things we've smuggled across uh, borders. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was smuggling <laughs> cigarettes from here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, doubt it. It was... Uh,
0: it's,
2: It it adds a very, production-wise, it's very difficult. And one thing I did notice, and I I was trying to be very mindful of, uh, because I meant it, when you go to these other countries, someone told me the local crew, and luckily for me, Jack Ryan was a budget, and I'm sure the same things that Guillaume is doing were a budget. I've done several things overseas that were low budget as well. Mm. But we were afforded the best of the best, because that local production company, production services company was wanting to share. Right. And we also discovered that the locals really wanted uh, to be uh, given the stamp of approval from Hollywood.
1: Right. I mm-hmm. was
2: very aware that every local's team weren't just eager. They wanted you to know that we have experience. We're really right. And, and it's a lot of people's fantasies to be working on a U.S.
1: Picture. So they're supportive, right.
2: everybody. They're very, and well, very and excited to be there. It's probably the biggest thing they've had to deal with in a while. Mm. And they're talented.
0: Right. So they're seasoned. They're seasoned There's seasoned crews a lot everywhere. Of them were
2: seasoned and we got the best that were available. Right. Doug Harlocker in Budapest was taking a lot of people. But generally, everywhere else, everybody was very eager to be, to show just how much, how good they are and right. how. Thankful they were to be working on a U.S. production because you live in somewhere else and you fantasize about working on Jurassic World. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. And then you're in the room with Guillaume. There's a there's a something about that that was touching to me to pay attention to. Yeah, and to give honor to the local crew. I'd, never did I disparage anybody's work or what they were doing. Now right. They Call up and say Jeff's lying, but
4: and there's so much talent everywhere. I mean, yeah. we we had a shop in London. Um, that built, uh, if you've seen the, f- the Transformers 5 film, there's a room in a castle that uh, is filled with things uh, pertaining to the prop- mas- to the Transformers history. Mm. And it's um, Hannibal Lecter, I can't remember the name. Um, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, Anthony right. Hopkins, uh, yeah. Anthony Hopkins' his character has a amassed all this, this collection of things. And we built every single one of these items uh, from scratch in our shop so our shop serviced uh, my department in the servicing department we had about you know, 60 70 prop makers and the most amazing sculptors uh, mm. our sculptors would sc- hand sculpt with a uh, lot of clay these these transformer sculptures you would think were made by hasbro i mean they were so detailed and perfect oh. uh and the same thing in australia i had a, I had a shop that um uh, helmed by um, uh, brett um last name eludes me now but um just an incredibly talented crew. We built over 500 props there uh, for that film. Uh, we did everything in-house for the most part. We, again, I attacked it from different um, angles. I had uh, a shop in LA at SAT and the hand prop room do things. I had a shop in New Zealand called Weta Workshop do and all that, the yep. swords. I had uh, a shop in Italy do some things. I had some of the Italian prop makers from Six Underground. Actually, the, one of the brothers was the custom maker, the armor maker who was with us in Sydney. Uh, and then I had our shop in uh, Brisbane and our shop in Sydney so I had like six or seven shops doing things uh, in concert um, to get everything done in time it was a very large picture we did have a very long prep and we were fortunate to have basically the run of the whole studio in Sydney Uh, but there's so much talent in terms of of, uh, there's a tradition of the prop shop in Europe that we've lost here Mm. I've been uh, lucky to work with you know, John Frazier and Scott Fisher and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, where I've set up uh, a prop shop within the, the effects department and Dan Sudek as well. Uh, and that's always worked wonders for me. Uh, yeah. Where we've been I able to, we did that. I think the first time was on um, on Fast Five. I think we built all the safes um, in-house in Puerto Rico with 11 safes that the car drags. Right. We built two that had a car hidden inside that could drive themselves. That were really cool. Wow. And then we build the, the hero one that opens, has all the cash in it and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did all that in, in-house um, and, then, um, and so then to me that's, I mean, I like to use vendors, obviously, there's great talent in town here, but having uh, access to a shop that's yours with your painters, your sculptors, sure. your uh, IT guys, your 3D makers, your, all that stuff, it's, it's, it's insane. It's so great to have that control. Yeah and i could not have done uh, a movie like thor love and thunder or transformers without that sort of right support at my fingertips
0: so Um, when you say you have long preps define how long how long prep something like that seems like it would be months and months typically
4: 16 to 20 weeks for a movie that size um we had a shorter prep on, on certain things sometimes you have a a quick start for a reason or another, right. and then you, you're going to work without your third act, and you have to figure out the third act. Uh, you know, I like to be on set because the director right. and actors deal with me in prep, so I want to be there. That's exactly right. So yeah. I, I'm, thankfully, I have a really great I have a really great crew who can do that stuff and then just show me. And, right. You know. So you have members of your crew who like
0: oversee all these different manufacturing things oh, yeah. going on? Or? Yeah. Every,
4: everybody that's worked with me, uh, that's on my team, can go to the shop and look at something and report it and fix it if need be. We're all interchangeable I'm, you know, I'm not immortal.
3: If I kill over, someone needs to take over. (laughs) So,
4: (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I mean, I rely heavily on Rachel, obviously for a lot of the day to day things and decisions that, so I can be on set and deal with the, you know, with the set itself, with the gags on the set. Uh, but, uh, yeah, prep for me, especially on a big fabrication show um having that so close is is key to success. Right. Yeah.
0: And um I'm assuming that you're shooting 5-day weeks and these are
4: or yeah. more the I mean um, I, lately it's only been 5 days right, um, but, but you're still working your weekends? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, right. You're never you're never off. No, I no think. and
2: especially to me being on location. Right. You're, you're There's nothing else held, to do. I yeah, mean, you're kind of held captive. Right.
4: Um, there's only so many zoos and museums yeah. and movies and drunken. It's uh, you know. called sleep. You, you know? never,
1: So, 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 so yeah. that's. I mean, that's a good thing. Is like you're going to all these beautiful places. Do you never get a no. time, a moment to be able to oh, check out never, any of the sites at all? Michael I'd, Bay film? No way. Not on Michael Bay. Okay. <laughs> I, I,
2: I will say I never saw anything of Utah that I just came back
3: from. for Uh right. oh,
0: you were in some I of mean, the we best parts in, about Utah. Oh,
2: <laughs> we had. Act, I mean, we were at the. I can't tell you where we were.
0: Saint George, really? Yes, well, I was in Saint, Saint George, George Moab. Z- which
1: is yeah. Saint George is, is yeah, yeah. pretty much Zion National Park for everybody that's listening. Yeah, we it's bordering in, it, and we were, and and even even uh, Moab. Moab is Arches yeah. National Park, essentially yeah. best climbing and canyoneering destination. I'm, I'm but big, I would spend my <laughs>
2: day, my week would be very close to those places. Yeah, um, and so well, on the weekend I certainly didn't want to go look and get climb a rock. Right. I didn't want. Yeah, it's like I don't I don't want to. All over Europe, but I, I just. I would have maybe one meal on a Saturday night or a Sunday you, night. You're you were
0: moving a lot too, changing yeah, countries I mean, all I, the time. Yeah, you I
2: know. And it's a very, that's in another part of it that, the, that people don't know is, you know, I used to fantasize about living in hotels right. and traveling the yeah. world and doing movies and TV shows. You know, my wife, even we're going on a trip next week, is kind of like, no, no, you don't need to pack that much. I'm like, I know exactly what I need <laughs> <Yeah>. to pack.
4: <laughs> this carry on has
2: these things in it. Trust me, it goes in first. Right. You know, it's, yeah, a, it's, a it's like a robot.
4: It's a lot animal. easier to travel with a 50-foot trailer where you can put all your stuff yeah. in and you just show up with your backpack. Oh, yeah,
2: that's you know? exactly right. But, but uh, yeah, it's... Uh, uh, my weekends, I would watch the Dodgers. Uh, occasionally, I would... I, just, I need to sleep. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to go see a movie. I, I don't want to... It's a zone time, yeah. really, and, and people are mad at me. Why don't you come to dinner? Like, I was like, I'm sorry, I... Right. I don't, know, I don't want to. Sure. <laughs> I just, you know, and it is a shame because I've a little bit of Rome, a little bit. I was in New Zealand uh, on a on a pilot, and we saw. that you, know, you had an in house shop, the best thing ever, mm-hmm. as you were describing. Um, you know, we would go to a, uh, wineries, but it became me, the designer, and my buddy, the art director, Derek John, and I. This yeah. Is the three of us, we work all day.
3: And it sounds and maybe
2: like we play tennis, but it, we would go do. St- it sounds
1: yeah. like a lot of these times, too, when you're shooting a movie in these spots, you're already shooting on at the tour Correct. sites that's and stuff exactly like that. Exactly. So you're seeing it the most inside of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: Uh, that's exactly right. We're going there to shoot on top, outside of the Parthenon. Yeah, you know, right. Well, there it is. I don't want, I don't want yeah, to lose it. You're getting a
0: ever. view nobody gets.
2: Yeah, right. I don't want to, uh, you know, it sounds terrible. And I'm very grateful for yeah, the yeah, yeah. That opportunity. but And to not have my family around, it's tough.
0: Well, right? yeah, so that's the other, that's the McGill of it all to yeah. me. Okay, and both of you guys have wives who are in the industry, so that's got to help because they understand, but it's still hard to not be there.
2: Yeah, I really like my wife, Lauren. Right. I enjoy her company. Many years ago, we, when she was an on set dresser and a prop person, we ended up getting offset. I did sitcoms forever to raise my children. I coached Little League Baseball, mm-hmm. PTA, you know, all of the stuff that a family does, eat dinner together. We had always said when they're older, we will travel the world and take these jobs. Then that kind of came up a little sooner than I had hoped. It came up while my son was a senior in high school. And and she loves her job. She's a set decoration buyer. Mm -hmm. Very great at it. Very, you know, she loves her career. She loves what she's doing. She comes and travels with me, and maybe in a few years, or, you know, soon, hopefully, she'll be a part of the team that travels with me. But that's just hard. There's a shorthand. If your family, we were hijacked financially while I was in Budapest. She was in the U.S. Much different time zone. Right. It's nine hours, eight hour difference. Right. trying To solve that, right. And untangle the complete collapse of our financial system. And you know, it's hard stuff like that.
1: Guillaume, do you ever take your family with you? Or
4: Yeah. No. I've been very lucky. Um, I've been when the kids were young, we took them everywhere, yeah. so they lived everywhere. Um, and then my wife is a uh, is a costumer and a prop person a prop buyer so I were able to um, flip and do you know different things Um, when the girls got old I mean they were with me in Australia for uh, 10 months so that was nice and the hours are very pleasant there you work normal human hours you're home for dinner every night and Actually, you on know, that picture, I had my weekends. I never really had to work on a weekend. It was what, always. Uh, what do they do for schooling, like in there? You, I, we you we pay a lot of money to put them in school. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, you know, and then they're getting older. and They're late teen- they're teenagers. So you know, we'll probably do that again. And um, you know, but yeah, it's it's still tough. I mean, I you know, I, I, um, I think the one of the worst things I ever did was take a job around the world when my second kid was born and. You know, my wife is home with a two-year-old and a baby, so oh, it was not, my not cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: we took our, our eight-month-old, who's now twenty-three, to Luxembourg and was there with us. And we thought, oh, this would be great. My wife and I always laugh about pushing the pram.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll
2: come and I'll push the pram, but he was teething, he was crying in the mm-hmm. hotel. It was, Yeah, God bless it. Yeah, raising it, babies in
4: hotel is not <laughs> not great. No. No. no, no.
2: And now my son is old enough. He actually has worked with me a couple of times, and he's there with me and. Mm-hmm actually makes a healthy meal for me because I eat like a 12-year-old.
3: Yeah. Uh-oh, he's
1: going to start to work in the industry? Well, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> he's really smart.
2: He's,
1: he's really smart.
2: Yeah, I don't want my children digging in a jockey box with a flash. Like
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I told my kids that yeah. they could be in the film, but this was not doing props. Well, it's,
2: I love what I did for a living. It's, <laughs> it's a good career. A great life. I know, I agree. Yeah. Completely. Well, my, 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 my youngest
0: always refers to it as his backup plan. Yeah, well, he... I, right. You
2: know, if I were an accountant, I wouldn't hesitate to ask my children to become accountants.
0: Sure. Yeah. But for
2: whatever reason, I think, oh, I don't want, I love what I do. I had an yeah. amazing career, an amazing life. Uh, and they're healthy, happy humans. Yeah. Make their own choices.
0: Hmm. I hope. So, uh, any other. Um, so, uh, your kids are all uh, been on board with everything? I mean.
2: I think it was harder on my. Youngest son who spent his senior year when I was in Jack Ryan, living at home, uh, obviously uh, um, having to take all of his classes in um, Zoom. Right. I just think that was really yeah, hard. that was, it was hard. tough for everyone coming out of COVID, where we were together all the time. Then I kind of dipped and went to Europe, and um, yeah, that you know, and I, I truly I remember having getting an email from a little league team because my email signature said uh, Jeffrey Johnson Masters of, Tech, uh, Masters
3: of Sex <laughs> 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 and my
2: coach was saying like, I've got the placard in the front of my car when I pull out I, I would literally I'd have four screws in my shoulder from pitching literally get out of run from Sony go to Glendale get out run coach Little League you know and, and blew out my shoulder but it is funny uh, that community was very important to me to be a part of our Glendale PTA yeah, uh, all yeah. that kind of stuff and yeah. I know you have a young child.
1: That's dad. why I'm asking so many questions yeah, about no, I, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, no how do we get on this train? <laughs>
2: it is doable, but it takes a life choice and a lot of support from your family, yeah. your neighbors, right, to look after the house. It Very takes, easy. it takes, and it takes global effort. It is not it takes a village, as they say. Yeah. And and you know Yom's wife has clearly traveled with him, and is you know, there's a part of her that's saying, okay, I'll travel. You know, and my wife will and loves to travel. She's traveled the world by herself. But, you know, she loves her career. She's right. doing great. And is, right. And she will, I'm sure. I, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I think <laughs> she will. And she could do prop stuff. She was a prop person.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Right. Nice. Um. So, again, being, doing films in foreign countries, I mean, it's, I'm exhausted just hearing you guys talk about oh. it. And you you're not getting paid more well, necessarily, right? A little right? bit more. A little bit more. Because
2: of uh, Gail probably, uh, he's in a, probably a different financial strata than I am. But between season three and four, I was like, there's no way in hell I'm doing this again. Unless you pay me.
0: Well, say, I was going to no, say, now, are you going to bring uh, somebody with you next time you go abroad? I mean, it, that that seems like a hard I—I yes,
2: I, I, Am I going to? Yeah, is that a deal breaker? I don't know. depends hmm. on the project. Right. depends on the show. It would be really helpful to have
0: yeah. somebody. Somebody.
2: Yeah. But if they don't speak their local language either, and, I, and I've shot in, as Gail has too, I've been in Hawaii three times, Texas, Illinois, Boston. Right. You know, Santa Fe. I'm thankful I met my wife in, a, in Santa Fe. You know, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. Taking someone absolutely i'd love to have an offset assistant and, and a minimum a uh, set person
0: right um and now you've also done parenthood which how many seasons was that Ten?
2: Six and
0: a half. oh really I thought best that was best job that. ever at i was going to say you know because again for television i mean oh, that certainly. is a family and you get to go home and uh, i mean so
2: we played softball parenthood softball team Right. ruled the PTSL, Primetime Softball League. I coached those people. I was the organizer. Of the, the, uh, it was great. Lovely group of people, brilliant producers, creatives, everybody on that show. I could not, none of us wanted that to end. To this day, right. we're, we're sad that it did Yeah, happen. that's how I feel it's about so Brooklyn. It's so
0: wild night. to
4: me that you spent 10 years on the same project. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I right? Know. Yeah, that's, we've never... That no, I, could, I don't think I, I could... Um, I. I I don't know. It's. I mean, maybe someday. I this never say ever, But um, it's.
0: That, that's
2: misleading because it was seven years on that show. But these producers and production company, we did that a show called Pure Genius. There was a whole. There was probably fifteen mm-hmm. years, with the same ads who I adore,
3: mm-hmm. right.
2: same producers, designers, you know, the trust and the.
3: Yeah. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. Well, it's
0: great too. Uh, I discovered that, you know, because you do a season of the show, and then during your hiatus, you know, it's not like you're going on vacation. You've got another show. You do another Correct, show. So I it's did. nice every year to come back to something that you're familiar with and the people that you know. Yeah. People have babies, and, you know. We never
2: or, knew if Parenthood was coming back. Really? you're so Every, every break, season? Never. And every break I did overlapped two weeks, wrapping and prepping. Wow. Well. For every one of those years. Enlightened, Masters wow. of Sex, Legion. Every one of those shows was was a summertime job. I see. So, uh, you know, there was no...
1: So you do something else and just come straight back into... Yeah, the...
2: even on the Christmas hiatus of Jack Ryan, I went and did the pilot for Ghosts, which is some CBS thing that's taken off now. i I, I just never... I'm always afraid to not work. Yeah. Yes. So... Right. The beauty of a TV show that everybody has, oh, you always know you're coming back. We never knew that. Right. So it was just always frustrating to to not do that. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at that IMDb. Oh, God bless. <laughs> Green Hornet, that was Andy Siegel. Uh, Good Girls was lovely. Anyway. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's, again, Good Girls was the same production company family. Right. Of designer and... Right. ADs.
1: You just kept rolling.
2: Yeah, it's lovely. And then I'd dip away and go do something overseas or in another country or, you know, another state and then come back to that same crowd.
0: Mm. So do you guys have uh, like a dream project that you... I want to be Guillaume when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) I I want 32 people.
2: I want 42 people checking in and out of background. yeah. Uh,
4: (laughs) you know it's just 32 more problems yeah, <laughs> yeah right I exactly i shouldn't that's say that they're all great but um i, don't, I mean, I, I mean I, i've been i've uh, been very lucky um i've worked on a lot of different things um you know i, I did uh, a film last year uh called night bitch that's coming out yes and uh and that was one of those things when I read the script, it was like I absolutely have to do this. Right, it's hysterical. It, no matter what. I mean, can you and
0: talk about it though, like what the concept of it it's is? Based on it's the best
4: selling f- book by Rachel Yoder. Okay. Uh, and it starts. Uh, Amy, it stars Amy Adams, Scoot McNary. Um, and it's a wonderful director, Mari Heller, who um, was just incredible. Uh, was just, and I, you know, and it's. It was just a really great experience. You know, it was one of those things. Right. It was hard. It was uh, a bunch of dogs and uh, a very young child and uh, right. nights. And it was not easy. It I mean, went lots where, of food? Where, That's all of them. Where was food, it shot? Dogs, it was shot in Glendale. Oh, so, uh, so it was all here. Yeah, it was nice. all here and. Um, That's hilarious. And it was uh, it was one of those things. You know, it's 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 uh, not at all my wheelhouse. Right. But it's nice to shake things up. you know. I mean, I, I like to go, you know, I, I finished Oppenheimer and went right into the Real Night One Christmas special. <laughs> and <laughs> wow, then after good. that, I did Night Bitch. And then we went right into Wolves, which is um, a, a movie um, with uh, Brad Pitt and George Clooney. Right. Um, and then I was awesome. hoping to do another Real Night one after that. But I guess, you know, we have to wait now. Uh, is Reno
1: 911 like your cl- palate cleanser
4: for like? <laughs> it really is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a light sorbet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so fun, and it's so outrageous, and it's all improv. Yeah, and it's basically there's like a treatment and it's like, run with it. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: You're like shooting every episode all at once. Right.
4: But having said this, uh, you know, the, the creators, you know, t- uh, Tom Lennon, uh, Carrie, Kenny Silver, Ben Garan, and the, the, the creative, the people, they're the ones directing and producing the, and acting in the, in the show are extremely detail oriented and they are, um, uh, incredibly talented and, uh, and open to any suggestions. Um, in the, the Reno <laughs> Christmas special, there was an idea that one of my assistants, Derek Bensonhaver, um, who's a fantastic uh, prop person, by the property master. He's a property master also. Uh, Derek pitched to the guys, like, uh, hey, you know, maybe Toby Huss' character, uh, Big Mike, should, uh, he's selling a bunch of Christmas decorations he stole. Maybe those Christmas decorations are Halloween decorations he stole and he flocked them. <laughs> so it's, it's so sort of funny. funny, and everybody just lost it. Like that's brilliant, that's and so hilarious. we did that, and and that's the kind of yeah. how open they are, and and, that's awesome. and it always with that with that group, it always starts literally with just a conversation where we just all laugh and we just say horrible jokes, and everybody has fun with it, and and it, and again, they're open to suggestions, and if they like it, then we'll do it. Nice, that's simple. So yeah, it is a palate cleanser. It's also just spending. You know those things are super quick. We shoot these ninety-minute films in like nine days. Wow. Whoa! <laughs> and um, and it's uh, it's quick. It's like six weeks of work. Right. And it's amazing. And um, and we have a ton of fun doing it. You know, yeah, it's a really great. Well, that's what um, makes you know. You know that's so. the
0: important part. Um, well, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Oppenheimer. Oh yeah. Talk yeah.
4: about the bomb in the room. Yeah. yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about the bomb. In the room. <laughs> That so how fine. did that
0: project come out, Come to you?
4: I, I think Brad Einhorn recommended me, I think he turned it down, uh, recommended me to Ruth DeYoung, the costume designer. Uh, uh, hmm. Production designer. Yeah, production designer. Oh, okay, I was going to say. Production designer. Yeah, Ellen Mirosnik was the costume designer. Uh, so Ruth um, called me in to, and, and when you, early in prep, uh, you work out of Christopher Nolan's house. Mm. So I went, I went there, met with uh, Ruth, and then uh, Chris walked in and we had a, a conversation. And um, I think the next day they called me and said, hey, we wanted you to do this. So uh, I started right away. Um, and it was an immense amount of research. I'll bet. Um, I, I took a picture 360 of my office at Universal because the walls are literally covered with every biography of every character. We had like 90, uh, characters on the first page of the one-liner. Wow. So ninety actors with lines, um, and everyone is a real person who really existed. So I had to, you know, had to know about these people. Did they wear glasses? Did they smoke? Right. Did they smoke pipe? Did they smoke cigarettes? Were they married? did They have a ring. Um, yep. You know, all this sort of thing. What did they do? So. I had. Uh, went through through Wikipedia, of course, and then I went through books. I bought every book. Um, mm-hmm. I have a thing. I, I, now I buy all the research books with my own money because so I get love to keep books it. and I get to keep them. Nice. Because that way I don't have to chase books constantly. Right. So anyway, I bought a bunch of books and we, uh, Rachel and I went through the whole. Um, and, you know, when you work on a project like this with uh, someone like Chris, you don't keep the script. You have to borrow the sure. script Yep. to go read it. Uh, and then as we progress, it gets a little bit more relaxed, you know but at first right. it's so uh, so you know we you, you have your you know your office and your script and it's your Bible, and it's a 180 page script that mm-hmm. we had to, I think it's the largest prop breakdown I've ever done. I think it was like 40 pages or something. it was pretty uh, pretty wild. Um, and again, Chris is very accessible. He's right there. And then we attacked it. Uh, we had a joke on the show. I said, well, this show's gonna take at least four prop masters. So I hired, uh, Philip Shea uh, I heard uh, uh, Greg Finnan and <laughs> Derek Minson nice. Haver. So there was four prop prop masters on the show. That helps. And um, and so we uh, yeah, we tried we started just renting and buying and filling space with stuff as much as possible. Right. Like, uh Scott Fisher, our uh, special effects coordinator with, with whom I've worked on Bumblebee mm-hmm. uh, also. Um, so we were used to working together. Uh, so he his shop, the, the his prop shop build the gadget. For us, so I had a 3D uh, designer make the all the parts, and then we grew everything and we built it in house. Um, yeah. We pretty much built everything in house on that mm-hmm. on that job. Uh, and another great thing with Chris is he attends every fitting, and you know we and he uh, makes sure that I get time with the actors at fitting. So and I I, I got to be very close with Ellen, the costume designer, and her right. team, who were by the way just another class act,est wonderful costume team. And so we were at every fitting for these 80 different actors, um, trying on glasses, trying on rings, watches, um, right. all oh. this stuff.
2: Is that prep time built into the schedule? I mean, that would take a lot of your time. Your it's team every time. single day. I yeah. know, but but structurally, the, the, the production allowed for that amount of time for oh. you for your half an hour with each actor. You know what I mean? It just Oh no, we, we just ran with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm saying, but they know yeah. we've got to start early enough because everybody's yeah. going to need Yeah, to how this long so. was your prep on?
4: This one was a little uh shorter than usual. I mean, uh, the the movie itself was uh the prep was short for everybody. Right. I mean, you I'm sure you've read that in the trade. There've been interviews where people say that. We shot it rather quickly too. I think it was under 60 days. Wow. Uh but again, um Chris has this down to a, a science, right? Uh, and and yeah, you have a short prep, but he's very accessible. Right. Uh, there's no it's, if there's any fat, he'll trim it. Uh, it's a very efficient system, and it's very focused uh, mm. on the important things. And mm-hmm. you know, we did have to manufacture tens of thousands of period accurate paperwork. Yes. For this, so we you know we recreated um, Oppenheimer's FBI file. I had a, a guy in connecticut who's a graphic designer there who's really good at this kind of forensic work wow. and so if you flip through it it has everything as receipts yep. photos it's a real thing uh, we made a bunch of those we also had to make the binders for the the hearing mm-hmm. uh, and those were also full of uh, you know the I mean, if Chris flips a thing and it's the same page fifty times, no, you are going to no, be no, no, you are no. going to have a problem. <laughs> <You're> right? <laughs> so he wants <laughs> he wants made me to redo a newspaper uh, mast for uh, for one of our scenes like the same day, like eight times until wow. I got it right. Uh, so it's, it's 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 really great because you you know you are not going to be content with it. it's not an approximation. It has to be the right thing. Right. Yeah. Well, that's um, the
0: thing uh, about period, and historic, is that you are not making up anything. Okay, you you have to just you have to do the research and find those things like you said, you have to find the photographs of these characters mm-hmm. to see w- if they were a ring or if they didn't or not. I mean, and you know, a lot of people would not know or care, but that's part that's of our what job. Our job is. Yeah. yeah, and to me that's the fun part. And that's like when, you know, negotiating, you know, me doing this Michael Jackson movie. Uh, as far as my prep goes I'm like you have to understand this is not us making this stuff up this is all you know and, and it's Michael Jackson people are going to be watching yeah. okay they're going to know if somebody's guitar pick is the wrong color okay so you know it's a lot of research I
4: worked with him in 2001 really yeah. on what uh, Man in Black too He's a, he was one of the agents.
2: <laughs> oh, well, oh, yes,
4: it was. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Him and uh, the lady, the cooking lady, the cooking show lady. If uh, <laughs> Julia yeah. Childs? No, Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. Martha <laughs> <laughs> Stewart. She's been everywhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So well, it, uh, it's a,
4: it's a Period films are generally easier in the sense that you do have access to that research if you, you, you do it right. Right. Uh, but it's not to say that some things aren't, you know, difficult with period pictures. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done a, a bunch of them. Um, and there's always, you know, there's always that thing like, oh, it's just, I think the f- it's the first time in an interview with the director where he said, the first thing he said to me, well, this, that's, a, this oscilloscope we have to get right. And I was like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> and so we started like day one, I went to history for hire. I said, I want to see every oscilloscope you have. And then I went online and I found it's like actually in 1931, it's called an oscillogram so we found we bought the real one from the 30 we found them the shells and we and then we literally spent the entire three months of prep making them work and the one you'll see in the movie actually works and uh it was and you know thankfully i have really amazing talent in the crew like you know Greg finnan is amazing at building things and electronics and so he was the one running all of these these gadgets right um and again i mean you know you're if you're a prop master you're really a you're a seeker of talent and then you yes. you try to put the right talent with the right task. That's <laughs> really all you yeah. do. You're not out there like that. But um but with Chris, um yeah, attention to detail obviously with something like that was, was key. And uh gave yeah, it a shorter prep, but um, I think we got it all done in the end.
0: So was uh, was his attention to detail take to, to the extent of where what was on the oscilloscope had to match? Yeah. And how did you achieve that? Uh, Maybe, we, did you have we, physics f- uh, physics people with
4: you? We sure did, yeah. yeah. We well we we read the ex- about the experiment. I mm-hmm. read every book and article on that particular experiment that uh, Dr. Ernest Lawrence did in Berkeley in, uh, right. in 39. No in the 30 yeah, 39. And then we um we recreated it. It's after the the Adam fission and so forth is discovered, you know. Uh, and then we had the professor, David Salzberg, who's the chair of UCLA physics department, mm-hmm. um, was our tech advisor, along with Kip, um, you know, Chris's friend from inception. And, uh, yeah. uh, and we had, so we had David on set who wrote all the blackboards because everything right. had to make oh, sense. Oh, cool, also. sure. Uh, and then he was the one that at us. he works, uh, David works with the, um, the Hadron Collider in Switzerland Wow. He's one of the scientists who, who puts that together.
0: Brilliant.
4: So it was probably one of the best guy on this planet to do that for <laughs> us. I guess so. We got very lucky to be able to get him. I just talked to him recently. Uh, that's another aspect, by the way, right. of, of our job. Is uh, I've, Over the years, I've gotten to work with, you know, literally like, you know, commandos, astronauts, yeah. Yeah. scientists, CIA, CIA, CIA agents. I mean, you meet the coolest yep. people. Um ever in the strangest of places you have a drink in Abu Dhabi with a CIA operative like that's perfectly fine right it's one of those things that uh keep makes this job what it is very unique yes I agree um but you know I I, and I'm not the only uh person in that film who I mean the the visual effects department and special effects department of Oppenheimer did something that I mean it was their work was incredible Because, uh, as it's been stated, uh, everything you're going to see, there is absolutely zero CGI. Right. Everything is real. Wow. Everything was done in a way uh, in camera. Uh, And that's also refreshing to work on film with uh, all the tricks in camera, everything real, everything ground effects, everything. That's very refreshing. You yeah, know, not to have to do the balls and the thing. Makes it rain. feel like yeah, <laughs> balls. Yeah. balls <laughs> and shards, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: when you I mean it feels like you're working on a movie too. <laughs> right. Well, when
4: I started, uh, you know, my career in the the early '90s, mid '90s, we, you know, it was check the gate. It was big yep. platinum Panaflex cameras, giant <laughs> 800 foot man tone. And, Oh, yeah, okay. room, I yeah. miss room tone. <laughs> it was a Nagra four, a Nagra, uh, you know, on the thing. It was, uh, it was all very analog and beautiful. And yep. it was, it what was,
2: was this? Was this shot in with film?
4: Oh yeah, it was shot in IMAX seventy millimeter. Oh, great. I think yeah. we're the first film uh, to have shot in uh, seventy millimeter IMAX black and white. There's an Adele video I was reading that was done Is the it? same, but but well, I think we're the first feature length film to do right. that. Did you right. find that adding time? meaning no we navy, had the the camera crew we had was like the navy seals of oh, camera right, right. I mean, these guys like Bob were, oh my people. god it was uh hoitama was our dp yeah and they were uh just i mean we there have was two not noticeable uh, no, wagon wagon and no but what's what's incredible is the in intimacy we uh, we got with these giant cameras like the size of half my car and they're still they're handheld and they're in there in right. the bedroom with the actors, or in the kitchen. With them. I mean, it's so intimate. You know, it's this yeah. monster of a camera. We had two sixty-five millimeter uh, Panavision and two IMAX seventy. Wow. And that's all we had, and uh, and you know it was incredible to you see me- that.
2: You remember how big the mags were? I mean, were they 1,000 oh, 1, foot, thousand foot, four hundred foot? Uh, you There's know, no the, short ends.
4: to. I have plenty to think about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's fair. I just wondered if. You
2: weren't that thinking scale, about the mags, right? Well, but I just think the scale of the, of the film, physical right. product. Sure, it's a wide ass piece of film. And it's been so long since I've worked on a film that it's. I'd be curious to see how that yeah, process is. I've worked yes.
4: on a, a few movies that were <clears throat> shot on film in the last few years, you know, mm-hmm. I think about half and half oh, yeah. with digital and film. I prefer film. I, I like the speed and vibe the, of the yeah. whole thing better. Yeah. Um, the You know, I, 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 I mean, also it makes me, you know, it reminds me of my youth. When yeah. I'm right. That's absolutely with, exciting with, You know, working with Zoran and Donnie and those guys that right. the crew with, you know, doing movies like Wild Wild West where, you yeah. know, you Wait for cameras for, to check I the gates and sound. all this yep. kind of stuff. That
0: was what was great about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You, know, oh, we, did, you, f- you did film as oh, well? Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Quentin only cases? shoots on film. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody. Somebody. And then he would do the 100-roll thing. You ever oh, heard yeah, yeah. that? Oh, yeah, every sure. hundred, every time we hit 100 rolls, we would stop and drink Yep, in the middle of the damn oh, day. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wait a minute. We're going to actually stop and have drinks? And it's like, yeah. And I said, I'm, I'm like, well, then do we go home? And they're like, no, we go back to work. I'm like, I'm not going to drink. I'm going to go to sleep if I drink in the middle of the day.
4: Do you go to dailies? Does uh, this, this Tarantino make you guys go to dailies? He didn't.
0: We didn't go to. I don't think we had dailies. No. I mean, he he showed us rough cuts along the way. But the thing he did do in prep is is that he would open up his theater, and he had a whole library of films he wanted us all to see before we started the film yeah Yeah, which was really cool and uh um, there was a scene in uh bob carroll ted and alice remember that movie Mm
2: -hmm. yeah but i keep
3: going
0: yeah um where robert Culp was wearing a ring that had a um a lion's head was a lion's head ring that's for brad right yeah well yes wait no it was for leo oh for leo and uh I came up to Quentin in the theater and I was like, that's pretty cool. I said, I want to get that for Leo's character. And he goes, I love that. And then I found the actual ring on eBay from <laughs> that movie. Yeah. So wow. I got it in. It wow. was pretty cool. That's And then right. we had, of course, a double made
4: of it, but that was pretty sweet.
2: That's why you're good and that's why you were on that. Yeah, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Did and you get where you guys? Watching dailies.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. Every every night after work, yeah, the, after shooting, you uh, Chris keeps the days uh reasonable, Man. right? Mm-hmm. Nice. And then you have a really nice meal, and then you go watch dailies. So it's very, it's all oh, very, very civilized. Oh, very cool. That's and, brilliant. You know, and uh it's also terrifying because yeah. like, if you messed up the day before, it's it's right, right there in front of the whole crew. So it's like, oh god. Uh, thankfully, we. Uh, I guess I'll find out when I see the movie. <laughs> 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 we didn't mess up, I don't think. Uh, I think Chris would notice. He pays attention. You would have known by now. Yeah,
0: it's really great when you get to f- shoot on film. Like that was one of the things that impressed me the most about Winning Time was that everything was shot on film. Oh, it was. Yeah, I mean, and we shot, but we also shot with the Nagra, or not mm-hmm. the Nagra, but the um, Ikigami cameras, the mm-hmm. video cameras, and, and they shot sixteen millimeter and eight millimeter. Okay, and for us, that was one of the things that like drove us nuts is that. We would shoot with our our 35 millimeter camera and then we would move on to something else. Yeah, and then team. they leave yeah, these no. guys behind and they'd run around shooting all, all kinds yeah. of stuff. I'm like, dude, can you like bring a prop guy with you? Because, you know, I'm, again, I'm watching one of the one times that they let me see dailies. For whatever reason, they wouldn't let me see dailies on that show. And I'm like, why? I need to see dailies. And they're like, why? I said, so I can watch the props. He's like, well, just tell me what scenes. <laughs> what, 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 what scenes you want to see I said only the ones with props in it which <laughs> okay? is everyone every yeah, yeah. but you know and I'm watch, watching this you know endless rolls of 8mm that they're shooting and they're shooting like this close up of uh, Adrian Brody smoking a cigarette and doing some work And in the, in the background out of focus mind you but it's there is a water bottle yeah okay and this is 19 yeah, yeah. you know yeah, that that b b roll of that uh
2: how we did that did a thing about the clippers right that's right and, then, and you know the la clippers this was anyway, how not did not that turn news. out yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. i don't know yet um it's still in post I, right. I assume it was a great show it was Lawrence fishburne and ed o'neill and Nice. I love basketball. That was my fantasy show. Yeah. To do a bet. basketball show because I played it all my life. I still play on Sundays. Nice. But, uh, my knees won't work. Well, I, I, I couldn't <laughs> play last week, but I have a great group of people that I play with. I'll share with you all. Fantastic. Off,
4: uh, I have to say, I'm biased about winning time, but it's a f- great it. looking show. I love it. And it nearly killed your wife. Show. Oh yeah! Well, nearly sure. killed me. <laughs> 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 but it's a great looking show, the, and and the fact that they shoot on film and yeah, and it's all just so. I, I was fortunate to work with Jason Clark, who's in Winning Time, right. was in in the movie I worked on, um, and he's just a just an amazing actor. He really uh, is. I mean, because uh, I I would shoot with him on Oppenheimer and then I would watch him on Sunday on Winning Time like oh my gosh two different guys well there's a
0: new trailer out for Winning Time today I saw that oh yeah yeah. yeah. really nice Uh, yeah August 6th I'm plugging my show there you go (laughs) oh really yeah oh that's great to hear
3: yeah
2: you know I'll watch it have you seen Season 1 I did absolutely loved it and I was like oh my thought was thank God that wasn't me (laughs) it you know of course I was in the weeds and some country the right. yeah. I thought, but I thought because I'm a basketball guy this right. would drive me crazy not, yeah. not in a bad way but I would be obsessed with this it story. was fascinating I, I just have to in say there. I know every character I know right. the yeah. college they went to but I know every detail. the
0: basketball the actual gameplay oh. was phenomenal that's what made me want yeah. to do the show I was like how are they getting these yeah, yeah. shots I don't understand it they are in the game yeah okay and then I see they got a guy in rollerblades with a camera I saw that too. <laughs> running up going up and down, and then they have this remote control c- car cameras running up and down and wires overhead and I don't even know how they make it all happen then the most impressive thing about that whole show for me was is that you know they got these guys playing basketball okay and most of them you know because they're actors they're not as tall as they need to be so wardrobe had to make these platform Mm. shoes that are sometimes six inches tall and they're running up and down the court in these things. And nobody twisted an ankle ever.
2: I did the same thing but I got the 28.5 size basketball.
3: Right. So
0: they could
2: palm them. Right. Had a bunch of those. That was brilliant. Had them made for, you know, I had them made Probably like you did yes. in the same Chinese right exactly manufacturer or whatever. <laughs> but so then the act, I was like, these guys. There's no way these guys can play basketball. It turns out they were all great basketball yeah. players, mm-hmm. save one. Right, and they didn't. They could all palm it, and in you know in between setups, they'd be. Yeah, uh, I was. Wow. Thrilled. Yeah,
0: and again for winning time, I mean not to belabor it, but um, they were recreating plays from yes. actual games every day. Oh yeah, day. we tried, uh, and they were like and oh, and sport,
4: we? Sports shows are really hard. Yeah, and I did one as an assistant um, called For Love of the Game. Right. Pete Clark was the LA prop master. Martin Lasowitz was the New York prop master. Um, Martin actually just worked with me on the last picture in New York, um, and it was a bas- it was a baseball movie with Kevin Costner. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's tricky because yeah, you have to have the sport thing down to a T, and it's also a movie with other stories, other things. And and for me, I could probably you know pull off a rugby or soccer movie right, right. Uh, you know i mean i like to watch baseball but i don't get all the su- oh, subtleties yeah. of it oh, and, uh right. you know so it's always been one of those things i think i was i had i sent my resume for mr 3000 and mm. i didn't get it once they talked to me they're like man you know, we need a baseball guy yeah <laughs> it's
2: always tough too as a fan of all sports yeah dodgers i love watching every dodger game i go to dodger games basketball i'm a huge it's never accurately portrayed. Right? right. There's really bad voiceover every time of some announcer trying to describe the event that just happened. I'm like, and he goes in for the dunk. Yeah. Nobody ever says that. Oh, that's a swish. Right. No, it's not. <laughs> and so Winning Time yeah. was the first one I saw that I respected yeah. that they didn't do that. Yeah, they leaned that in
0: hard, hard on season two for, with Chick Hearn. He's oh, done okay. a lot well, of he's, stuff. He's, he's that Actor oh. does such a great I mean, job. I just
2: love well, I know everything. Uh, a- 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 Jello's jiggling. Anyway, that's <laughs> talk. let's talk about sports for a
0: while. Anyway, great. Right. All right, boys. So I think we need to wrap it up here. Thanks. We're, thanks for joining us. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having we us. We could do another H-O. two hours easy, but I guess we have to keep it
2: you guys have really done a great job with these podcasts and i can't thank you enough oh thank you as the veep of the pmg i'm just yeah yeah. (laughs) really i think it's a brilliant uh
0: excellent well again you know not to tip our hat or anything but you know we're working on getting uh doing going video yeah Uh, it's it's in the cards
2: well let's do a collaboration with the video team for the uh the uh, retirees maybe we can combine the yeah absolutely yeah definitely i yeah. mean if we
1: if we can, if we get the equipment that we need it, it a lot of those videos i'm sure will be done in the same <laughs> aspects we'll, yeah we'll for find sure. out how this works out thank you yeah yeah so from my we'll perspective
2: out. thank you thank you for being host thank you for hosting us of course to me it's always a thrill to be around guillaume I, I've yeah me too admired him same. and his, his career for years <laughs> and i just love hearing his stories with cross paths a few times on shows and 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 he, the only time I've ever worked with him, God bless him, was on, I think on Parenthood. It was. He came and he was my armorer for a day. Oh, oh very, very cool. cool. And I just, I was like, oh. Yes.
4: <laughs> it's a joy. It's a true and, pleasure to work the event. And, and I crossed an item off my bucket. At least work for Jeffrey Johnson.
1: Excellent. Awesome. Well right, thank, thank you. It. And yeah, thanks for everybody else out there listening uh for tuning in to another episode of Prop Talk, the official podcast of the Property Master Guild. Brought to you by Real Working and Retired Prop Masters. If this is your first time listening, please make sure to like, subscribe, do all the things. Uh, Leave us a comment. We love hearing from you. If you want to know more information on the Property Masters Guild or have any questions for us here at Prop Talk, be sure to go to propertymastersguild.org. We're also on Instagram, at underscore the PMG. And all other socials, just look for Property Masters Guild. Um, Yeah, until next time. Take it away, Paul Baker!